guns were plunged into a void, and so we fall. Another hundred flung into the void, and so we fall. Another bludgeon gone through spongy dungeon toys, and so we fall until the day we choose to rise. All we've ever known is being on TV, and so we fall. Our only home is neon PVC, and so we fall. Never doubt we're chasing crowns we'll never see, and so we fall. Beautiful people of the internet, welcome to the BRB AFK podcast. Uh, I am your humble producer, uh, Boston McCown. Joining us in the studio, as always, is the time being Scott Arnold. Well, hello, hello, hello. And our uh, absolute wonderful host, uh, Ryan Shipley. You know what, Boston? I'm not even going to tell what song we're playing tonight. I'm going to let you pick because I feel so bad about how you biffed the beginning there. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I, had, I had some ideas anyway. So Okay, good. So it's, it's you tonight. All right. All yeah. me. It's all uh, you, bro. And that's why we will rise. And joining us in the studio today, uh, all the way from Parts Unknown, Corey Dyke. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Shoo, I got scared there for a second. Yeah. And then Caster failed us again. Yeah. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> oh. So, Corey has two cats that I love. And last um, Friday night, I got to meet Boston's cat, who I believe might be immortal. Ooh, the cat is, is 19 years old. Wow. Doesn't look a day over like six. <laughs> I mean, if I'm being serious, that cat, the only way I would tell that that cat might be old is it drools like a newfie. So what's the guy who does all the New Year's Eve stuff every single year? Anderson Cooper? No, 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 no. no like, <laughs> oh, Dick uh, Clark. Yes, Dick Clark. yes. So that, that's, who he, that's who that cat is. Yeah. Is Dick Clark still alive? No, he's been dead for a bit. Well, but he was the same age for like thirty years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he looked the same age. Yeah, yeah. The cat probably has a painting of itself hidden somewhere where Boston <laughs> yeah. can't find it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Typically, when you see a cat that old, you're like looking at something out of like Pet Cemetery. <laughs> but you no, know, this cat. This is a good-looking cat, Boston. Now, for a while, she did, because uh, we had a we had a bit of a flea problem for a while, and mm-hmm. she went through hell. Uh, getting over that but now that we have got that under control her coat has come back like honestly she looks better than she has in a long time although we're still kind of in that weird spot of because we didn't have the money to take her to the vet for so long i'm now scared to go to the vet because they're gonna be like what have you how have you malnourished this cat for so long (laughs) i'm like but she's immortal right you should her blood could end up being like the cure for covid (laughs) <laughs> possible that, that little drool that comes out of her mouth that's how you cure covid <laughs> well, right now my knee is so protected from that's why we didn't get covid last friday night boston do you remember that sci-fi series? it was a sci-fi channel movie i think it was like the late 90s and it was something like dark prison or dark star and uh it was oh, like wait, people wait, that wait, were yeah. living on like a prison planet and that one of the the, the punishments is that they would make you live forever and oh. uh and there was this the alien warden basically the, the way it worked is that every couple of hundred years he would come by and like drool on you and it made you live a few more centuries <laughs> and it was yeah, I the name of this but uh but yeah it was it was i can't it was, oh. i wonder if that's where the bravest warriors got that one episode where Everybody was addicted to this one creature's tears. <laughs> That's amazing. Of course, yeah. I, it, might, it might actually be the house, now that I'm thinking about it, because 
House MD? No, the, the, the house we're living in, because Anna Jewell, the, my relative that used to live here, uh, she should have died long. I think she almost made it to 100, oh, wow. living on nothing but coffee and cigarettes for the last 20 years of her life. Really? We're pre- we, no one confirmed that she ate real food <laughs> for the last 20 years. Okay. Man, that's, I guess for some people that's like that because you see some people that are like going, you know, you got to live healthy. You got to eat something called vegetables, I hear. But other people Uh, basically just live a life like Stone Cold Steve Austin and they never die. (laughs) Yep. Eat whatever they want. Drink whatever they want. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Wait, wait. I think I found it. It was White Dwarf. Oh, it's a BBC show, right? Yeah, yeah, because they only showed like the television pilot in the U.S. Okay. And yeah, they, uh, yeah, that was the the thing was the the. Or am I thinking Red Dwarf? Red Dwarf was the yeah. show. Uh... There's Red Dwarf and there's White Dwarf. Red Dwarf, of course, was the the sci-fi comedy. White Dwarf was like a a serious. Uh, it was a made-for-TV science fiction movie with Paul Winfield and CCH Pounder. And okay. uh, oh, yeah, wow. it, was, it, it was a TV pop that was aired in Fox in 1995 because I remember <laughs> that it was on network TV, and that's when I saw it. But yeah, it's like completely forgotten. But yeah, they had a this like big alien slug warden, and he would spit on you and make you live forever, and that was your punishment. Because <laughs> I well, and- I remember it because there was the line because there was the 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 main the prisoner that had been there the longest was called like the the white queen or something she was just this lady like just like sitting there in her cell like having tea and the warden had like i don't know maybe like even kind of fallen in love with her or something like they he took really good care of her like she had this nice room and they never tell you what she did like what she did was so awful that she has to live forever because the like the main character who's kind of like the you know the ingenue who's learning about all this and he's like talking to her and, and she just he's like well it must not be that bad and she's like forever is a very long time and pretty much oh. he doesn't know he realizes he doesn't know how long she's been forced to be an immortal and just living in this you know room by herself for oh you know God. possibly centuries and it's like oh well that was interesting that would, that would suck <laughs> so there was red dwarf White Dwarf and Dwarf on Golf. Was that right? <laughs> Those, okay. Now, Tim, Con, uh, what was it? Tim, Tim Conway. Tim Conway, Tim Conway yeah. love him. Like, like his old, like what, Carol Burnett show? Like mm-hmm. a sketch with him? So brilliant. I don't know what happened with the Dwarf stuff. It was direct to video. Like, was it? Like, it was yep. literally just a series of VHS tapes that people oh, thought, yeah. for some reason, thought were just so funny. I remember there were TV ads for them all the time. Uh, yeah. Because uh, yeah, that was back when we would see the same like TV ad like you know fifteen yep. times a day, and you would have them memorized and singing the song compilations because you knew the next song that they were always going to. Oh yeah, and you would actually get to the point where you would when you would sing the song to yourself, the next lyrics would be whatever <laughs> the next song they go yeah. to would be. So you'd be like, comma 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 chameleon, they come, they come, and ooh the heat of the night, you know, it just goes yeah. on, yeah. Um, I mean, I still, I still have not quite nightmares, but I remember <laughs> I'll hear one of those songs come on the radio yeah. or come over the speakers at work, and I'll go into the the medley from those commercials. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it's um, and I kind of wonder too sometimes how do they pick, you know, when they're showing you the list of all the songs that are going to be mm-hmm. in that awesome album, how do they pick which songs they're going to 
makes stand out because you know usually you get like just the hits it's yeah. all the hits and they would give you the list and they would only like highlight the song they were playing and it was always yeah. like every fifth song and it's like yeah. like like the internet just killed that like like millennials yeah. killed the killed the killed the uh the compilation cds yeah. like darn you millennials like uh guess you just got to go on your spotify's and your <laughs> Every rose has its thorn. Mm-hmm. And there would be. I remember there was a disco one, and it was just so weird because you're like, uh, like, why are why are people are people nostalgic for disco? And I remember asking my my parents that when I was like a teenager, and my mom just kind of was like, not really, no. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing is because everything, um, you know, comes back. Like right now, the '90s stuff is kind of back in mm-hmm. in fashion and popularity. I don't think the disco stuff ever did really come back. Bell bottoms, I think, a little bit like the hippie fashion. You know, is always popular in certain circles. But you're right; like the music, like like funk, is forever. But funk never went away. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I would say, but yeah, but disco, like I've no, I think in Europe, it's it's still variation because like Kylie Minogue, okay. um, you know, some of her sound was was disco esque, yeah. and uh, I think in your in Europe, you may still hear some of it. But here, like no. But who no. knows? Maybe that's the next thing Little Nas X will do, and just everyone will be crazy about. And bring it back. And yeah. Bring it back out of nowhere. I think my favorite of those info commercials was always the one with the little people that I guess were real estate agents. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, they were. Um, I don't remember that. I am no. going to Google it real quick because I'm going to be mad <laughs> if I'm wrong. Oh, twins. They were twins. That's right. Thank you, Google. They were the Rice Brothers. Huh. Oh yeah, and they had um, make fast cash, make fast cash with no money, no credit, and it was these two little little people. The most amazing one, I'm so glad Google has this, is the one where they went to a firehouse. But I was obsessed with this these commercials. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Oh, so good. Okay. They they were called the Rice Brothers, but I would sometimes stay up late, and that's when I would go to bed. Is when they would come on. Wow. Yeah, I would stay up late and just watch all the ads for when Playboy could still advertise on late night TV. And it was <laughs> Some sexy times. Oh, yeah. Now, sadly, the Rice Brothers are down to just one. Oh, oh. wait, just... wait. Is this going to be another reunion thing? They can't be. One of them's dead. Oh, that would be kind of hard yeah, to do. Read the, read <laughs> the room, Scott. That would be a very awkward reunion. But, well, you know, I, I thought we were going to have like a trend with our podcast. We're getting, yeah. uh, oh, what was the, what was their band name? Traffic Jam. Traffic Jam. Yeah, we're going to read yeah. that Traffic Jam. So why not? Why not start a trend? Well, we're going to have to figure a way to do. Um, Corey, do your cats still perform necromancy? <laughs> I mean, yes. Necromancy. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, okay. the, the, the season of the necromancer has passed. So okay. So uh, you know what? That's fine. Year. We can build this up over the next year. Ooh, like we could. Yeah. I think it's exciting. Yeah, I have um, pictures of them like sleeping on the skeleton. So every year, like I try to get a good black and white photo of one of the cats, like on my skele- on the plastic skeleton I have, and it's always you know the return of the necromancer or the necromancer. <laughs> nice, back. nice. Because uh, I've I've just obsessed with the old movie posters and you know the way they used to like just put random words on it. Uh, one of my favorites. It's it's just a legendary bad movie that few people seem to know about. It's called Dracula versus Frankenstein. Uh, they they only recently put it back out on DVD like two years ago. Just it was it's so bad because they literally started making one movie and then they started making another movie and then at the end they actually make a third movie 
and they just somehow put them all together. And like the posters, the cover for the DVD, and it says like shocking, you know, scary. And it's like they couldn't think of a third word. And and no joke, the third word they came up with was different. (laughs) (laughs) Can't they just go grab a thesaurus? Because yeah, it used to be like you and now it's like it's just like shocking, uh, scary, uh. Dude, I gotta get this poster out. Like the movie's coming out tonight. Different. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got it. Let's go to let's go to lunch. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's Dracula crazy. kills a guy with his laser ring. Like, not even a joke. Oh. Uh, because because the character that Dracula kills at the end was an actor that they couldn't get back for the reshoot for the new ending. Uh-huh. So they literally edit him out of the film by having him like climb down something and he just gets zapped by the laser and the film like deletes him out. <laughs> So they, so they explained so they gave, it Dracula had a laser ring. I mean, obviously. So they just basically gave him a laser ring just so they could uh, write this character out. Yeah, yeah. No, they literally freeze frame him and he just melts. And uh, <laughs> They should have done like the, what's the dog's name, Poochie from Poochie The Simpsons? <laughs> they just lift the, the sail across the, you know, across the camera. Yeah. Like, you can see the sail sheet. And yeah. they're like, Poochie went back to his home. Like He's like, uh, I'm just going back to my home planet. And he lifts off and goes, and they just put that towel card. Poochie died on the way to his home planet. Simon Belmont had to go back to his home planet. That's crazy. You must be a Belmont. <laughs> Speaking of that, are you... Uh, I know Warren Ellis is a little problematic, but is everybody still excited about the next season of Castlevania? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what they're doing yet, so my, I have two theories. A, I think they've built up to do Curse of Darkness. That really okay. makes the most sense because of the way they've set up Hector and Isaac. I don't know if that would be the whole season, but I think they'll do part of that storyline for like kind of a Hector's redemption arc. Um, of course, the big question is, of course, when are they doing Simon? Because they've basically done Castlevania three. Yeah, and uh, Curse of Darkness would follow if we're going by the um, you know the director Igarashi's timeline. The next was Curse of Darkness, and I think after that, the next official one in the timeline is supposed to be the original Castlevania with Simon. So um, that's where everyone's wondering, you know, is that where we're going with this? Are we going to get to Simon, or are they just going to continue doing the the story with Trevor? But I kind of felt like in season, at the end, towards the end of season two, like they pretty much, to me, concluded Trevor's arc. Like him and Sypha are going to just wander around this is going to be their life and that's what they both they know that they both want that now and it's kind of settled and uh it's like where else would you go with those characters whereas you know hector and isaac clearly have this um they're on this path together and we need to see where it's going and you know for me isaac is my favorite character just because of the philosophical discussions they get in with him and like you just kind of like you know he's bad but he's one of those classic you know anime jrpg bad guys where he kind of has a point like he's he's going about it in a way that you can't agree with but it's not that he's wrong with what he's saying and kind of like okay yeah i know people are kind of garbage maybe you shouldn't kill all of them and make them into giant undead monsters to do your bidding But they are jerks. We'll just have to agree to disagree, I guess. Yeah. You're not uh, wrong, yeah. but you are an asshole. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess their big worry, the big worry with anything really with Netflix, uh, right, these days is like you have to be super careful about how much you, how much time you take to get to your story points because Netflix is just acts and shows like left and right. 
So they can do three new ones that no one cares about. Yeah, and they yeah. don't even give the shows time to find an audience. They basically are dumping 20 shows like every, what, now it's like Wednesdays and Fridays. They just dump a bunch of stuff on it. I wonder what their reasoning is. Are there, is there some kind of a team that just says, all right, well, we're going to get rid of this show now. Well, they a put lot of shows in a hat and just pick one. They have this um, algorithm, and they believe that if the show doesn't get a certain growth in audience by season two, then that's that show is basically never going to get a bigger audience, and that's money they could be putting somewhere else to try to find lightning in a bottle. It's a stupid mm. strategy, but that yeah. seems to be what they're doing because, like, Alter Carbon cut it at second season. Yeah. Um, God, that was such a good show, too. Yeah. And people say the OA, I've not seen it myself, but people say the OA is like maybe the best show in the last 10 years, and they cut it in two seasons. Um, they just canceled Glow after renewing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, Corey. We're going to get through this together. We're all we're all here for you. This is a podcast slash intervention yeah. show. We're one of those <laughs> intervention shows. At this point, everything gets black and white. It slows down. A lot, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But a lot of reenactments. Walkman starts playing. <clears throat> this podcast, we're really ex- growing here. We're we trying are. all kinds of new things. We're not only growing, but we're helping our audience grow. Yes. yes. Through the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. notice I called them the little people when I was talking about the two real estate twins. I did not use good. a bad word I would have good, used good years pat, ago. Pat yourself on the back a little harder there. I'm there like, you go. I, I would, but my wrist hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Although, Fair. good news, my wrist is feeling better. And I'm soon to find out if the if the theory is true that if you do it too many times you'll go blind. But that's what I'm gonna ask you which which yeah. hand it was, you know. It, if it was, was a my good or bad hand. It was actually my left hand, so it wasn't my good hand. Okay. But okay. I can tell you I'm happy it's getting better because like this is my toilet flushing hand. <laughs> <laughs> and it was weird to have to reach across to flush the toilet. That's amazing. Because I'm weird. I stand up and turn around before I flush the toilet. I guess I need to look at my work. I <laughs> I'm like the red right? dragon. Oh, I'll do the same thing. That's not, I don't find that weird. Okay, <laughs> that's a uh, weird poll. Boston, do you turn around and look at your work before you flush? Yes. Okay, Corey? Yeah, I mean, honestly, all joking aside, it's a good thing for your health sake to actually check occasionally to see yeah. what's happened because see? it can be a well, it can be an early warning sign of some serious stuff. Like if you see you know, certain occurrences on a regular basis, you should probably go to a doctor. Yeah, and if you see, uh, like, yeah. little worms crawling around, you know, that yeah. could be a bad sign. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Or, you know, like, a color it really should not be <laughs> on a regular <laughs> basis. Wait, yeah. worms yeah. aren't good? No, worms out here are bad. Mm, that's You know what? Yeah. Agree to disagree. I guess. Well, now, um, not chewing up your gummy worms, that's a different problem. Okay, okay. <laughs> right, let's, let's, let's be clear what worms we're talking about. Yeah, they're like corn. I, and I'm talking about the banned corn. If you oh, yeah, corn, yeah, it's perfectly fine it's just, if, you, yeah. if you shit out corn's face. Jonathan Davis will basically right. last in yes. your stomach for a... He doesn't... He doesn't um, what, I was going to say milk, but that's not the right word. <laughs> yeah. the, but I mean, the, if it I'm, sounds like an industrial album when you're going to the bathroom, again, you should probably seek medical help. Probably so. So... Yeah. I've decided I'm going to tell this on the podcast because the be, uh, good for the week. Ooh. You know how I broke my face on Tuesday? <laughs> yes. I have not revealed the true story on Facebook. Oh. I was too embarrassed, so I did not tell the true story. But oh, I don't do we get to like... hear the true story now? Yes, because I feel like I am supposed to... I need to be honest, right? 
And so this, that, this really is a, like almost like an intervention type thing. Yeah, and this hey, is not hey, a joke, Boston, by the can way. Can we put in some of that podca- murder podcast, like, you know, dank uh, baseline? Yes. And just edit that in right before Ryan starts his story. I, I mean, think I that's, like that's going to happen. We're getting into true crime territory here, I feel. Yeah, Boston's a very good editor, so I think I think good job. pull this off. Boston, go ahead and write yourself a note. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so I'm all ears. The anticipation's killing me, Ryan. Yeah. So Tuesday night, um, Tuesday morning, I got up. I was already kind of like stressed that you know because it was election day. Oh yeah. Um, just all those kind of typical stresses, and you know how like the the the, the change in the, in the time. I got up earlier than I normally would, so I think I was up to like six in the morning instead of my sure. seven. Um, and I went into the living room and sat in my chair and just think for a bit. That's what I do in the morning. Um, and then I start hearing a bite, bite. My, and the smoke detector in this bedroom was going off, right? So I went in there. I moved my chair around and tried to get up there, and I couldn't get the thing open. So I finally got mad and took a broom and smacked it off the wall, right? <laughs> and though I'm standing there looking at it, I still can't get the damn thing open. And now at this point, I feel like the beeping is mocking me, right? Of course, yeah. And I'm also super sleepy and tired and just kind of like in a weird mental place. So I open the back door and throw it into the woods. <laughs> but when I throw it, it smacks into the trees, like are right in front of me, and uh-huh. plop, plops down right at almost the edge of the tree line. Okay. So now when Dave comes out the smoke, when the neighbor underneath us goes out the smoke, they're going to hear the fire alarm, right? <laughs> the smoke detector. So now I'm mad. And I sit back down, and I'm like, you know what? I'll be okay. Oh, this story is amazing. By yeah, the way. I said maybe it'll start raining and the thing will short out. That's what I hoped. <laughs> An hour later, the sun had came up and I said, "Damn it, I need to go out there and get it." And so I walked downstairs and I stepped out to that area and I immediately slipped on mud oh. and hit the rock. Oh God! Oh. Yeah, so the rock. So, so the yeah, half Dwayne the story Johnson was, still true. was just yeah. The part about slipping and falling on the rock was true, but the reason the I was reason going out was. there wasn't an innocent reason where I was taking out the trash like a good Ryan. Right. No, it was something bad. Um, but the, the thing is weird is um, I'm sure everybody here has had a bad injury. But oh, yeah. Does it, it's true like when something like that's happening, like time really does slow down. Like I could it feel does. myself like in slow motion falling and going, this is stupid. This is the way I died. I was able to have that thought. <laughs> and then when I hit the rock it felt like a thud right yep. like a wet slimy thud but i didn't feel any pain until afterwards right later yeah 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 and i must have used my hand to brace myself because i guess that's just human nature it is to always protect your face and stuff yeah protect your face look at your feces that's like human yes, nature that's right we've yeah. learned that today yeah the more you know so then I went and got, the, and, and then I went back in the woods, found or the the a part of the woods, found the um, the smoke detector, um, and then was like, okay, and I still couldn't get the thing open, <laughs> and then I was like, what am I going to do with this? I threw it into the giant garbage can outside, yeah, the dumpster, and uh-huh. then I went inside and got trash and threw my trash on top of it to cover it up <laughs> even more. I love it. Yeah, you had to cover up the crime scene. <laughs> I did. I was like, and then the whole day when I would hear people coming up and down the stairs, I thought it was going to be management coming to see what I did. <laughs> like they were going to come in and go, I'd be like, it wasn't me. I have all my smoke detectors. And they would come in here and see like a, a piece of paper with a drawing of a smoke detector taped on the wall. You were, see? Like, you were, you were a typical like paranoid criminal who yeah. was just waiting to be caught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then 
like a like a lot of criminals, the guilt weighed on me. Right. <laughs> the telltale fire alarm. <laughs> yes, yes. I Even after the battery died, you could still hear it. <laughs> underneath my right underneath my floorboards, just beeping. Y'all oh, can hear that, right? Amazing. Y'all can hear that, right? Uh but wow. yeah. So like uh like uh Boston, what's the worst kind of injury like that you ever had? Oh, um, I'd say, well, at least for, for me, the most, okay, you're going about most damaging or most embarrassing. Let's do, you know, embarrassing. Let's like, let's be real here. You, everybody can check what they want to do. If they want to do embarrassing or most damage, I did, just don't make so, it sad. So well, I'll, I'll go with, I'll go with my, my that's got to be sad though, Ron. I'm sorry. Okay. That's fine. So, <laughs> a little after I had started managing a certain sandwich <laughs> shop that might be, uh, better, uh, it rhymes with, uh, Timmy Tom's. Mm, the, I can't imagine what that the subway. Probably, and we, I was managing there for a while, and it was when we were still kind of we weren't as big, and we still weren't as big in Knoxville as we could have been, as well as we would be later. And I was working Labor, not Labor Day, Memorial Day. I was working Memorial Day pretty much by myself for a good three-hour block. And guy comes in, orders a sandwich, and. I go over to make, start making a sandwich, and I guess I was really tired, and I cut my finger like oh, a, a, a deep, deep gash in my in my middle finger. Jesus. No, I think the ring finger. Yeah. And so I was like, "Hey, man, sorry, I gotta, I got I gotta, I gotta take care of this real quick, and then I'm, I'll, I clean up, I'll clean up out everything, and, and make your sandwich. I'm really sorry about that." And so he patiently waits for a good five minutes while I stop the bleeding, <laughs> wash the, uh, you know, wash the knives, wash the, clean off the the board and get myself taped up and then i get back to the line and i go in and i cut my index finger what oh like i i fucked up two fingers back to back <laughs> oh trying to make God. this guy stand same hand freddy krueger same hand. Oh, yeah it was the same hand yeah same hand same Jesus. hand and because it's, it's the hand you gotta like hold the bread with mm-hmm. and i just like cut too deep and i just looked at him and i was like you probably just want to go somewhere else <laughs> I don't. I don't know what's. I don't know what's happening right now. But he's like, you. You, you serious? I was like, it's gonna be another five minutes while I take care of this one. He's like, oh, all right. No, he just left so so he left so sad that he didn't have a sandwich. He didn't give a shit about my hand. No, at no, all. of course not. He right. probably actually Very wanted sad. to see what he was going to happen. Do you want somebody who has a bloody hand making your sandwich anyway? No, <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. But... No, me neither. <laughs> That's horrible, man. That's. I once was at, um, you know, on um, Broadway where there's that uh, gas station that looks like a subway because it used to be a subway. Um, one time I was in there and the person had put mayonnaise and lettuce and I said, hey, I don't want any lettuce. And he took his hand and tried to scoop the lettuce and off of it. Mm. <laughs> and I would just said, no, bro, you which that's that's not going to work. Did you um, have to go to the hospital, Boston? No, I was able to. Uh... I was able to get it to stop bleeding after uh, after a bit. Like it, uh, that's yeah, it didn't crazy. Need, it, it, that it is crazy, get... man. Something was trying <laughs> to tell you not to work that day, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that was like a final destination. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it, it felt like it. It was definitely like a a moment of like, wow, I just yeah, I should not be here today. Yeah, keep <laughs> wow. trying it. You only got ten. You only got ten fingers there, bro. We'll we'll keep going. I know we'll you got going. eight more to go. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Then then, then you're gonna start stepping on rusty nails and shit afterwards. <laughs> yeah. And then a werewolf. I mean, <laughs> yeah. well, right. you, you definitely got to watch out for the werewolves. Oh, well, you, was, have to, you have to, you have to. That was yeah. before. That was definitely before in the timeline before werewolves. Uh, <laughs> well, 
before my before Boston's my very old <laughs> before the assistant manager got drunk on Evan Williams and uh, tried to fight everybody. Oh, oh, before getting fired. Wait, they well, fired him for very... just trying to fight everybody. Jeez, that's well, he, come on. He was he was yelling. We're so PC nowadays, man. He was very <laughs> he was very upset that he didn't get to take the uh, Georgia game off. Oh wait, so he decided really? Yeah, he couldn't he couldn't get the Georgia game off because you know he was the he was the guy who was going to have to run that shift. Yeah, and uh, yeah, got got drunk on Evan Williams the uh, for the Friday night before and just at, was belligerent piece of shit. He fired our driver, who's it was his first night because he d- wasn't answering the phones. Really? So he, do- he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Also, you didn't cash him out first. He still has our money. And then he <laughs> ran after him. <laughs> I guess this is my severance, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. It was, it was a. I remember, and also I think that, yeah, that night I was there until like new. I clocked in at 6 p.m. And didn't clock out until noon the next day. Oh my! Oh, that's right. You were the one where it's like twenty four seven. Yeah. Well, it was. Well, it was. It wasn't twenty four seven, but it was still. Uh, like I had to. I had to. I still had to finish all of my slicing and all of my prep work for the next day. Uh, you know, whether regardless of the fact that I had no help from the from him. Wow. <laughs> so. That's insane. Yeah, that place. I. We had a bad one near. Um, this is after you left there. But we had a bad one there where we work where um, it was always funny to see how bad the sandwich was going to be made or if the sandwich <laughs> was actually going to get to you. That's <laughs> one or the other. Yeah, because I think uh, one time uh, Rue's mom um, basically called and said, hey, my sandwich hasn't got here yet. And they were like, yeah, it has. <laughs> she, was <laughs> like, <laughs> she was like, no, it hasn't. Fake news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fake news. You ate it and you loved it. <laughs> we got tape. So, uh, Corey, do you have, like, a crazy incident like that? I know you have the one, but I don't know if you really want to talk about that one. Uh, I don't actually know what you're talking about. I haven't really have too many injuries. Uh, I mean, the tree I wasn't really injured in. I just had a tree okay. fall on me. But well, that's I, what I was I, thinking I, of. But Yeah, yeah I actually wasn't hurt at all at that. I was just horribly inconvenienced. <laughs> but, uh, I think that's like a good injured. story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but you know, I was not injured, uh, miraculously. But uh, no, I think I've never really broke anything. But I, if that I think of what took the longest to heal and what was the, the most like long term pain I've had, not mm-hmm. resulting just from something like medical or dental. And I was goofing off, like chasing the dog, uh, dogs in the house, and I went dead on my knees to kind of like skid across the carpet. Like, you know, just kind of like do a kind of like skidding move to, to grab them. Yeah. Um, this awesome. type of carpet apparently was made by the military to inflict the maximum damage on uh, the human oh. epidermis. It literally, oh, no, it literally made a divot in my knee. There was like, a, there, was like there was like literally uh, like a millimeter of flesh gone and it didn't even bleed. It just, hurt so bad and then i literally saw clear fluid running into it because it was just the lymph that's how deep it went and so yeah it was like a giant it was like a giant scab for like a month even now i thought let me see i'm looking at yeah you can kind of slightly tell where the skin's just very kind of discolored and the the hair's (laughs) gone like just a little bit like yeah because it just ripped everything you, out oh my god did the dogs immediately try to come over and start licking you to help you i think i was too busy making noises that uh probably 
chased them away. I think it was uh, when I, back when we had our 150 pound Rottweiler and she probably just licked my face and laid down cause she was just a big baby. <laughs> right. Aww. They usually are. So yeah. is this carpet that made out of the same stuff that's, that's got that Wolverine has in his body? I don't know. It, it, I, thought, it, it, I thought you were about to ask if the carpet matches the drapes. <laughs> oh, I wish I did. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. It. So you I still have the scar. You still have. How long ago was this, Corey? Oh, this was, I was a teenager. Okay. I was 15 or 16. Oh, that's. Oh, Young ah. kids these days. Yeah. Young kid, carpet. always like wanting to. So you were kind of like doing like a risky business move, right? Like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like that works great on like you know linoleum. Uh, yeah, <laughs> also much on whatever that carpet was. Like, right. it just, I mean, like I've skid across carpets. I mean, I was a kid. I mean, we played yeah. indoors a lot. Like I've 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 had like you know little rug burns here and there. I don't know what that was like it, it, was, it was like it dug in so deep it just ripped it out here's what we got to do guys in boston you're driving yep. um here's what we do guys we're gonna go to dalton which is dalton georgia which is the carpet capital of the world we're gonna <laughs> find out if this carpet is still being made and if so we're going to burn the factory down and save other quarries out there I like, no, no, no. I like it. that nah that's 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 short game we need to buy it Okay. And Ooh. sell it to people we don't like. Okay. And then we need to like send them a CD of like Twisted Sister, something where they have to air guitar at some point. Okay. And they're going to skid across that carpet. And, and air guitar. a lot of carpet just showed up for you. Yeah. I like where your, your head's at there, Corey. You're, yeah. you're maniacal, and I appreciate that about you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, you yeah. ha- if you can use it for evil, you have to consider that I, first. I mean, you know what? Man's got a point. We're teaching kids a lot of lessons tonight. I hope <laughs> no, all the are. I hope all the kids are listening to this episode. Throw away fire to fire alarm, fire to smoke uh-huh. detectors. You don't need those. You don't need them. If you if if a fire starts, you'll fill it. <laughs> but but check your poop. And remember yep. to say little people and not anything else. Yes. Exactly. Boston, you got any uh, advice for the kids? Uh, never grow up. Never surrender. <laughs> never grow Always be a Toys R Us kid. There's yeah. no Toys R Us. Wait, there's, no, 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 there's no part in no surrender when you're talking about Toys R Us. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like, okay, as a kid, the thing I wanted most in the world was to win that Toys R Us uh, sweepstakes where you got like five minutes to run around the <laughs> oh, store yeah. and oh, yeah. throw all the shit into your buggy because i had right. shit i had stuff planned where i was going <laughs> yeah did you, you had you had your own you had the route planned out for your that explains your love for yes. supermarket sweep like you you just <laughs> yeah. strategize that i'm pretty sure that's what you do every time you go to the grocery store you're just looking like nah no this is this is amstrom you got to go to the spice aisle and you yeah. know, <laughs> all the saffron into your into your shopping cart because it doesn't take that yeah. much space and that's like two hundred dollars right there yeah, who moved the fucking Coke Zero? <laughs> like throwing spices around. This isn't supposed to be here. But no. So Boston, did you have your strategy? Uh, I mean, I I know that I did. I couldn't tell you what it was now because uh, the the Toys R Us here locally went away, and Aww. I barely remember its layout anymore. Okay, my or strategy it, probably oh, would have been Scott? to just pull all the little. You know how you would go and. Get the video game slips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paper, yeah. I, I would have yeah. just went and grabbed all the all those papers I could. Yeah, <laughs> and just filled my bucket. Right. Well, you did have to bring the paper. You did. Yeah. Yes. Unless, it that, that kill, right? Unless it was the bargain bin. Unless it was the bargain bin. Yeah. If yep. it was like right. the down ones, they had out. They just had them out there. Right? Here's here's your garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like because you would find because um, I worked at the Toys R Us one Christmas and people would take the paper and hide it behind like a game that wasn't so popular. <laughs> 
like thinking at that point nobody would able to get that game until they come back it's not like the toys because we would find toys like um hard to find toys like hidden in dollhouses or or stuff like that um i think my strategy would be video games then probably gi joe he-man ninja turtle stuff that's Maybe. that that makes sense Maybe yeah, it's funny, it's funny if you did it now in terms of like appreciated value. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It would be like, man, video games aren't worth, you know, the video, most of those video games aren't worth much now. But man, if you'd got, if you'd left those G.I. Joe figures in the box. <laughs> the, yeah. Right. Uh, one thing we used to do is we would take the G.I. Joes because on the back of them, you could unscrew them and like kind of like make mix matched uh, G.I. Joes. Yeah. We would do that oh, yeah. and then sell them at school for as limited editions. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. There's another thing your, you can What was your markup be? Um, like usually the toys were like three or four dollars. I think we would charge like double. Okay. We were making a fair a fair amount of money for just unscrewing toys. You were an entrepreneur when you were young, yeah. Man, I like it. Look at this, it's a Cobra Commander with Sergeant Slaughter's face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So speaking of Toys R Us, did you guys uh, see it was I mean, you know, it's it's anecdotal, but apparently when they were taking apart one of them. Uh, the staff found a still shrink wrap Mario Kart 64 had fallen oh. Uh, oh. behind the shelf. And then oh, we wow. just picked up, it was literally a still shrink wrap and everything. Like it had just been in there for decades. Because <laughs> no one ever, wow. ever moved that shelf and, uh, and, and never had any calls to look under it. And it was just, just there, <laughs> minted on Mario 64. And, you know, probably somebody oh, wow. got fired. But I promise I didn't steal Mario Kart. I promise. Oh, that's crazy. I, first, I was worried that you were going to say they found Jeffrey's uh, skeleton. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I always wonder ah. what happens to mascots. Because, you know, he, sometimes they auction off the IP. And I'm pretty sure, like, I think someone still owns the Toys R Us name. And they'll yeah. probably end up using it for something else. I could have sworn there was a rumor that the stores might open up. But then, you know, COVID. And, like, nobody's opening the retail store right now. No, no. no Toys R Us is in there's still a few in Canada, I think. Okay. Oh, is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just went to their website. Though. Yeah, they still Canada still has Toys R Us and Babies R Us. Huh. Yeah. All right. You can't kill the Canada... kid spirit in Canada, damn it. No, Canada's probably just right behind us. Like, they're still probably just going crazy over service merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> Do they still have Blockbusters? Yes, of course. They actually, <laughs> I heard that the last Blockbuster in the world is now like an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I heard the same thing. It still has 40 copies of The Rock, though. Does it? Right. Hey, you, R.I.P. I mean, Sean Connery. Oh, that's right, yeah. R.I.P. You need as many copies of The Rock as you can get. I mean, yeah. that's, especially now that he's dead. Yeah, now that was back when Michael Bay was kind of tolerable, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, Bad yeah, Boys, yeah, yeah. That was Rock. Way early on. Um, yeah, Bad Boys. I liked all three of the Bad Boy movies. The trilogy. That's what I call when people <laughs> refer to, when asked about the trilogy, yeah, that's what I assume yeah. they're talking about. Gotcha. Um, Bad, I'm going to pull up Michael Bay's in because we're not going to talk about the awful stuff like uh, the Transformers. I think he really started going off the to me it, with um, what was it Ar- Armageddon because it is just the formula became so obvious that you couldn't unsee it anymore. Like yeah. Bad Boys was just you know it was dumb fun, but it was fun, and you know you had a good time, and of course you know. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence give great performances in it, but yeah. Armageddon, like the music stings, the the sweeping shots, helicopters, because Bay's got to have his helicopter. Oh yeah, for he's sure. got to yeah, have his helicopter. He's got to have that helicopter shot, and you know, and the explosions and like, um, I think I showed uh, Ron. I, I can't remember if I showed you this video, but like Lindsay Ellis uh, did an amazing video about 
why she couldn't remember anything that happened in the second Transformers movie. And it, it isn't just simply a video about just saying, oh, you know, the Transformers movies are bad. Ha-ha. No, she actually goes into like the neurology of how we, what our brains do when we watch movies and that um, we tend to want to focus on one part of the screen, usually in like the center or slightly to the left or the right. And if you move the focus around in a, you know, a sweeping manner, here and there it has you know an effect on you but if you don't stop doing it if you literally put the center of the shot constantly bounce around from left right center left right center you know all the time you actually your brain gets frustrated and it doesn't remember what happened because it's like it's like this information is pointless i don't care and remember how a lot of people said especially with the second one like they couldn't tell which robots were fighting especially in that that middle fight with optimus prime taking on the three decepticons like can you tell me what three Decepticons he was fighting? Because I can't. <laughs> like, I think one of them was Starscream, and that's, like, it. Because they all look the same. They're all just rolling around constantly in and out of frame. He's cutting back to Shia LaBeouf because we somehow need and care what Shia's doing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Optimus Prime's, like, beheading a robot. But, no, let's cut uh, to Shia LaBeouf screaming and running away because I, yeah. I need to know what Shia's up to. Well, he's your uh, into the movie. Yeah. I think the only one that people remember were the two racist robots. Oh God! That oh was, yeah. Yeah. Like at first, I'm like, "Is this?" It, it, like you, you look around for like, is someone recording me? Is this? Is this like what would you do on on like the news? <laughs> you remember they used to do that? Like, am yeah, I supposed yeah, yeah. to stand up and say, "Hey, that's racist"? I'm not standing for it, and then they like clap for you when you do that because like, yeah, you did the right thing. And you know, am I going to show up on the show? You're sort of like, no, this guy watched some racist stuff, and he just sat there and he took it. He didn't say anything. He didn't. He didn't apologize to anyone else in the theater that, hey, you know, I, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not okay with this oh. either. Uh, no, I just sat there and watched it because I was in disbelief and I, I failed the test. I remember after it was over apologizing to my roommate. Um, we we saw the movie together, and I feel like that's probably what it's like if you see a sex scene with your parents. Um, it was horrible. Um, but you were talking about like all his cues, like uh, helicopters, all that stuff. I was looking at his IMDb here, and I think um, the uh, video for Meatloaf's I Would Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That was basically letting you know what Michael Bay was going to do. Cause that well, he doesn't uh, do that. He'd do everything. No, else. no. Michael Bay directed all of the yeah. mu- all the uh, music videos from that meatloaf. Uh, I think a uh, bat out of hell two or whatever it was yeah. called, yeah. or back into hell. Like the bat's fucking going back to hell. He's got shit to, to finish. Mm, yeah, unfinished um, business. But yeah, so his fall off. He wrote was, a lot was, of bad texts. Yeah, because his first actual movie was uh, Bad Boys, and then he did The Rock, which I guess is peak Michael Bay as far as him being good, and then it was Armageddon. Followed by Pearl Harbor, and oh wow, no one really here about that. Everyone I about that. posted somewhere on the internet, like uh, when Pearl Harbor came out. I posted somewhere on the internet that the biggest tragedy since Pearl Harbor was the movie Pearl Harbor. Joe Rogan um, shared it because he talked <laughs> about it, so I was excited. Now keep in mind too, I said biggest tragedy since Pearl Harbor because this was uh, this movie came out in May of two thousand and one. So 9-11 would happen like five months later. Oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's some bad stuff. Um, and then he did a Faith Hill video. He decided to go back into videos after Pearl Harbor for a second. And then, uh, oh, the island. Oh, that was bad. 
Oh, oh the, the island. island. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's um, yeah. Um, Ewan McGregor and and what's her name? Was oh. it Scarlett Johansson? Scarlett Wait, Johansson. That's yes. The clone movie that ripped off the clone movie that was on Mystery Science Theater. That like yes. the people who did parts of the clone are really like, dude, you stole our whole our whole movie. Like that is literally the like that isn't just our plot. We actually made a movie of this plot. <laughs> Really, it's not a good movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because it's you and if correct me if I'm wrong, Ewan McGregor's like a clone, and finds he finds out he's a clone. He like escapes the island with their keeper. Right, him. with with uh, yeah, Carl Johansson. The clone sword. Literally, it's these people living on this mm-hmm. island in jumpsuits, and then they start uh, wondering what their deal is there, and they escape, and they realize that they're just like the clones of like rich people. And when they say that they're having their like going away parties, literally they're, just, they're putting them under to take their organs out to give to yep. the to the rich people. Yeah, that's literally parts of the Clonus War. It was a Mystery Science Theater episode when they were on the Sci-Fi Channel. Oh, I, wonder wow. if, I wonder if that's what inspired Altered Carbon. Oh. Mm. That was a book series, uh, if I recall but correctly. It was. And, uh, uh, actually, yeah. it, was, it was really weird that we we heard that the movie was in production, or the show was in production at Netflix. <clears> so, uh, Kim had actually, uh, my wife had actually read it uh back in college or high school and so we picked up like the audiobook version of it have been listening to it prior to the netflix series coming out oh um that um i think the saddest part of the island to me the actually scene that actually got to me was when uh michael clark duncan's character realizes what's up i'll try to that, it's been so long as i've seen that movie i'm trying to remember yeah because it. it was heartbreaking when he actually realizes that he's going to be he thinks he's going like like Corey said. He think they think they're going to be they're winning something. They're going to go to yeah. some kind of famous awesome paradise, and then they turn out that you know they're just harvesting them. And I think that scene actually got to me, but that movie overall was bad. I didn't know it was like. Yeah. Well, he's a great. He was though. a great actor. Oh yeah, oh, he was. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Michael Clark Duncan, for being such a huge dude, had this amazing ability to generate pathos to where you yep. just felt like you just wanted to hug him. Like he's ten times your size, but you want to just hug him and tell him everything's going to be okay. Well, talking about heartbreaking. How about the scene in, in uh, uh, the Green Mile? Oh yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, That's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. what I'm thinking about. Man. Like you just like you just want to tell him everything's going to be okay. I know, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, and that was cool how they did that book when it first came out. Like um, they actually sent, uh, they brought it out um, basically over six months. Every month was um, a novella um, of the Green Mile. So oh, that's, that's how, right. Yes. I remember that. Yeah, and I love that because I would get the because my comic book store would actually get that in too. So I would read through that, waiting for the next chapter of it to come out or the next uh, chunk of the book. I think they did it in six parts. Yeah, I thought that was a super cool way of doing the book. That's how books used to be. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, uh, especially like Charles Dickens, uh, they mm-hmm. wrote their books serially. So you would get yeah. a chapter like each week or month in a paper. And that's actually, uh, it's kind of a running joke in like the literature community. That that's why some of Dickens' books are so long. He literally just would just keep it going to keep getting his paycheck huh. and yeah. uh, he was, he could be pretty verbose at times just to just keep it going, keep it going. Gotta get and, paid. Uh, gotta get paid. Yeah. Yeah. It was a job like, okay, I gotta basically. And that's why when you read some of his novels now, like even the ones that are pretty good, like bleak house, they do kind of read almost like a soap opera. It's like one plot point to the next. Yeah. Uh, and it just keeps going. And there, there are a few overarching things, but they kind of like, gets a little mention at the first and then gets a little mention at the end. But in the meantime, here's all these kind of like episodic things that happen in between. And you're like, this is, this could have just been a soap opera and just went on for like two to three seasons. 
You know, that's yeah. kind of, it is kind of weird to think about that too, because yeah, Dickens Dickens did it serially, uh, and there just became books. And also, I always think about like Jack Kirby uh, is one mm. that always comes to mind, because Jack Kirby would crank out pe- uh, just page after page after page, because that was how he got paid. Mm. The yep. more pages he could crank out, the more the bigger his paycheck was. And so it's kind of weird to think that like some of the some of the great the actual legend that we think about really were just doing it for the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well my favorite author as as Ryan knows is uh is is Natsume Soseki. He's a Japanese author from the from the major which is like eighteen sixty to like nineteen twenty just amazing writer that was basically writing in a time where Japan was really opening up to the West and was also starting to get really into Western philosophy, like especially individualism. And he was writing from the perspective of like, yeah, this is good, but do we really know the long-term effects it's going to cause? And then are, are Westerners really better than us? He really deals really well with the, the loneliness of individualism, which, you know, nowadays you go back and read some stuff. It's it's borderline prophetic. I mean, uh, as one quote I love sharing of his is when he he talks about you know the price of living in these modern times is being trapped in our own egos, and it's like, is he is he talking about now? <laughs> like, is he describing right now? And he was also a serial writer in Japanese newspapers, and he wrote uh, one of the most popular serial stories about time Japan. I am a cat, where he was writing from the perspective of a cat living in a teacher's house, and the cat basically watching. The, the people have these philosophical discussions the cat just being like, these people are stupid because I'm a cat and I'm better than them. <laughs> and it was super popular and it went on forever. And finally he just got sick of it because he wanted to write something else. So he literally just had the cat fall in a, a barrel of sake and get drunk and die. What? And just, yeah, yeah. And it, it doesn't, and it just, <laughs> and I remember because the cat's last words are just remember me, oh, Egypt. And, and it's because it, as it's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, it it kind of dies happy, like it's not like it gets yeah. drunk, it's like whatever. Like I'm I'm yeah. done with this world, but it just it it dies thinking about like I should still be worshipped though. That's how Jim Davis should end Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like a like a barrel of lasagna. Let him go out doing what he loves, and it's on a Tuesday, not a Monday. I just want it to be a creepy pasta. Like the the creepy stuff of God's of, of Garfield is just so well done. Yeah, and I would I would give anything for him just to go out with that. Like just literally make the last panel just just John. Uh, like he's like, oh man, Garfield ate all this lasagna, and you just see John looking at something like out of the panel. He's like, no. <laughs> oh God! It wasn't supposed to end like this, and then that's just the end of it. That like, would be never... amazing. <laughs> um, so, what was the name of the author again? Just in case people want to check it out. Not to me, Soseki S O S E K I. Like I said, um, he starts out kind of. Not his first few so books bad. were funny, but his his latter books were very serious. Kokoro, um, I'll, it, it, you find it in English as Kokoro, K O K O R O. It's it's the story of a young man that meets this guy on a beach and they're, they're both just kind of weirdos and they become good friends. And the guy's like a, he starts referring to the guys like, you know, his, his sensei or kind of like his master, you know, like it's, it's, they just like hanging out and talking about art. And he has to leave the guy at one point to go back home to his father, who's, who's sick and dying, who he has like a really kind of uneasy relationship with. And so he's like, well, you know, I'll, I'll come back and see you after I deal with my dad. And while he's there, he gets this letter from the guy and it's basically the guy's backstory and he's trying to explain 
to his young friend of like, you know, why he's never going to see him again. Okay. And you realize it's a really long suicide letter, basically. And he's trying to tell him like that happy life that he thinks he lived. It was all just something he stole his way to get. And he did something horrible to a friend to get all of it. And he's, and you know, just decades later, he still can't live with the guilt of it. And the novel ends without you knowing like what the teacher's final fate was. Hmm. It's just you're oh. supposed to make your own conclusion from his letter. What is he going to do? Is he is he going to end his life, or is he just going to like leave the life he can't stand anymore and just go someplace else? You don't know. But again, it it boils back to that thing of doing what we think's right for our own happiness. Is is that really going to give us any happiness in the end? And yeah. it's like I said, it's just brilliantly written. And a good thing of a lot of his novels is they're not particularly long or verbose. You can, okay. you can get them pretty quickly. But yeah, a very serious writer. Uh, I read him way too much in college because <laughs> that huh. was pretty much is that where that you was me um, in U- UT library just sitting there reading Sosegi novels. Is that where you discovered him? Yeah, through my Japanese literature class because our uh, our professor assigned us some passages from I Am a Cat. Uh, it would it, it was kind of like oh yeah then he, then he had us read Kokoro and we're like and I was like this is amazing everybody was like oh this book's stupid the guy's just dead I'm like yeah but you know here's all the and like my professor's like yeah you're like the only one that seems to be getting this this guy's just stupid what's this all yeah. about oh no like we literally had a if this guy was so good why is he not still alive yeah no they literally said like he's taking the coward's way out it's like it's like the whole third of the book is him explaining how he literally cannot live like this anymore. Like there's no way for him to, based on what he did to this friend and what he gained for like, there's no way to undo that. Like it's, it's done. Like there's no going back. He can't fix this situation ever. So how long do you live with something like that? And uh, you know, it's, it's like, what, what other option does he have? Like, Oh, he could just apologize, make anything, better like no he can't he's literally explaining why that won't work (laughs) like (laughs) like he's tried to just be a good person and it's it's not enough to to stop thinking about what he did yeah there and i i like that i'm thinking about the look thing because i love books that are are told from like an animal's perspective Mm -hmm. um there's a group uh there's a set of um books i think they're called dog own it but it's like a gritty noir book where it's told from the detective's dog's POV. Hmm. And I think they're great. Um, they're probably not great literature or anything like that, but I think it's super cool the way he really does talk. Like, I mean, it's just like, I guess, the POV from the dog's point of view, everything. Um, but I, I dig those kind of books. But that's so, so basically, like when you're in college, this is where you discovered all this um, Japanese literature. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, they're, you know, you think most foreign, most foreign literature I've been exposed to up to that point usually was pretty stay and I just didn't get into it. I, I do appreciate it more now that, you know, kind of grew up. But, yeah. uh, but Japanese literature really stuck with me for, for a few years. One is it's generally briefer. It generally didn't like go on forever. It moved at a pretty good pace. And, and secondly, is that uh, most, ja- a lot of Japanese novels are open ended. So it really puts a lot on you as the reader to kind of make a conclusion at the end. And it's not in the, it's not in the annoying kind of clever opening we see sometimes in, in modern novels where they're just like, oh, well, we're not going to tell you what happened. Woo, woo, we're, I'm so smart and such a good writer. It's like, no, the whole point is that the story never ends. It's just the writer stop. So, you know, what, what do you think has that is based on, what philosophy did you pull from this story? Like, okay, you read what these characters do and how they act. Yeah. And you under, a big thing is kind of understanding why 
you know, the, the belief systems they choose and why they're living this way. So what do you feel the next choice is? Like one of Soseki's novels, uh, Sordikara, uh, which is And Then, it's a guy going through um, tribulations with his family and also um, his father's trying to get back in touch with him and pretty much just wants money. And at the end of it, he's starting to find solutions to things, but then he just starts seeing red everywhere. And he's just real, he's getting so overwhelmed by it. And that's just where it ends. It's just that he, he doesn't actually see any way to fix anything anymore. Okay. And you're just left with the thought, well, what is, what is he going to do next yeah. now that he doesn't, now that he's dealt with all this and still doesn't see a way out of it. And so it's, you know, it's not the, the happiest thing, but it can also, it really points into like, if you just, if you just live this selfish life, it's not really going to benefit you in the end. At some point you're okay. going to have to realize that you can't just keep doing it for yourself. If you want, uh, send um, us like a uh, message with like the, these authors and some of the best books and we can sure. put them in the show notes. Yeah. Um, we can either do that or turn the lights off, look in a mirror and chant the name <laughs> Captain OG Readmore three times in a row well, and he'll appear with the book. I like that I like better that. too. No, but yeah. that's, that's fascinating. And I think it's cool too, to like broaden your horizon. Cause there's a lot of times where, people don't really get past like um like american tv shows even mm-hmm. oh yeah for sure or the yeah. subtitles yeah and one thing but i do have to say like in terms of japanese writers a lot of them are completely out there and the one who is the king of just insanity and george lucas made a movie about him i'll get to that in a second howard a duck is- <laughs> I mean, that, who knows? That might have been a Mishima novel. But uh, no, his name was Yukio Mishima. He was uh, a Japanese author sometime after Soseki. He he wrote some very interesting novels. Uh, one especially was uh, Temple of the Golden Pavilion, which is about a young monk that falls in love with a building and, uh, you know, fantasizes about the building a lot. And oh then my. ultimately discerns that he's the only one good enough for the building, so he's going to burn it down. Oh, shit. Um, and it's based off of an actual fire that happened. And apparently Mishima's whole take on this is uh, uh, the arson was like, well, obviously the guy burned the building down because he's in love with it and, and wrote, wrote a novel on that. So Mishima in real life was even crazier. He was a bodybuilding fanatic before that was even a thing. Like, dude was ripped. He was super into, like, uh, Japanese militarism. And this was in getting towards the post-World War II period. And he really thought Japan was becoming, like, weak and useless. And so he staged a coup. He went to a military school with a couple of his like loyal students and took over the school and like gave a speech to to all the other students of like how you know you need to rise up and be real real men and 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 take over this country. And they all just started like laughing at him. They're like, dude, you're crazy. Like, yeah. we're not going to do this. Like, we're just like kid, you know, we're just like teenagers. And so he's yeah. like, Oh, I failed. And he committed ritual suicide. Like, Wait, right there real, in front of him? In the in the office, like not in full view of them. But no, he he did it oh, the old fashioned. He had a second and everything. Like he he had the guy behind him with a sword. He cut himself, and then the guy was supposed to cut his head off. Did not succeed, and they basically oh, had to hack his head <gasps> off. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, turns out if you don't take care of your katana, it's not actually sharp enough. Come on, bro, you're embarrassing me. Get my head off. <laughs> that was, that's basically what happened. And like oh, and so George Lucas made a movie of this uh called Wait. Machina A Life in Four Seasons. 
Star Wars. Was this one of his like uh, college films? No, no, he did this. He did this in like the late eighties, early nineties. It was his film. It's actually a beautiful film. Um, I'm not really. He takes segments from Mishima's novels and he makes vignettes of them, and he does them in like different film styles. Like one's black and white. He does another one, I think, in a monochromatic color, like red. And uh, and then he also does the scenes of Mishima's life is leading up to his suicide, and uh, like I said, just really interesting. You're just sitting there like, wait, this, who directed this? Him? George George. Wait, Luke. what was it called? Because I'm looking at his IMDb and I'm not seeing it. Mishima: A Life in Four Seasons. Weird. Uh, let me let me look it up elsewhere. I could have sworn it. Yeah, they got him. Uh, he did a lot of these movies called Star Life in Four Chapters. Uh, yeah, life let's see. Mishima: A Life in Four Chapters. Director Paul Shader. I don't see anything about. I don't say anything about George Lucas there. I may have completely gotten oh, that's all right, man. That still sounds interesting. Is it yeah. like one of those movies that you have on the um do you have the uh a DVD of it? Did it come to the Criterion not. collection? No. George Lucas was the executive producer of it. He oh, didn't okay. direct it. Francis Ford Coppola and George Lucas teamed up to make to get this movie made. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I was yeah. thinking that doesn't sound like something that George do well. Because he's not yeah. Scott. Close your ears on this. <laughs> he's not a really good director. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, that sounds fascinating. Is it like available anywhere? Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, okay. I mean, like to buy, but it uh, like rent for like three bucks. Huh. Okay. But yeah, it's Mishima Life in four chapters. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's directed by somebody else. But Francis Ford Coppola and George Lucas teamed up to get a movie made. Which... I don't know if you're aware, Corey. But we do not accept mistakes on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. we need. I've already cut a thumb off. off. You're, we're good. Okay, okay, good, good, good. Just don't, okay. just don't commit ritual suicide. Right. Because I, I am not hacking. I'm not endorsing head off. that at all. Yeah. But just be, be better next time. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. If you have to, <laughs> if you ever get, um, have to do ritual suicide, and you need somebody to hack your head off, don't come to me because with my gag reflex. <laughs> oh yeah, it'd be bad. <laughs> it ain't no, happening. I'm gonna put a Craigslist ad for it. I figure that's the best way. Like, hey, you know, not. No kinky stuff, but can you cut my head off? Yeah, <laughs> I would have loved if there's a part in that movie where when the when the cadets start laughing at him and, and he goes, you know what? Fuck you guys! I was gonna tell you how we were gonna go fuck a building, but I guess now I'm just gonna go kill myself. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> he storms out of the room. That is fascinating, though. I love um, bits of history like that. That's just so insane. Yeah, no, Jap- Japanese literature is, is crazy. Like Japan had a they had a thing where. Uh, one of the most popular play types for a while was the lover's suicide where literally the whole play would be about a man and a woman falling in love society for a reason, letting let them be together. Like, you know, she was a prostitute or something, or he had just lost okay. his like title and they would jump off a bridge together. And so this became like the movie of the week in Japan, like during wow. this like medieval period, like literally they would be like a new play of this, like every other week, the Japanese government banned them because there were so many people oh, emulating yeah. it. They're like, do not make these plays anymore. Like we're tired of people jumping off bridges. <laughs> so about Romeo and Juliet was like human too. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was, yeah, it was, That's it was, crazy. it was so much worse. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, you can, you can definitely look that up. Like just the lever suicide plays and like how it was the, the, the Japanese government was like, no, nope, don't, don't do these plays anymore. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of part of why they would, borderline banning kabuki for a bit was like yeah no people like do crazy stuff after they see this let's uh you can't do this anymore man that's so crazy you know what we should i saw this in this movie we should jump off this bridge it'd be so that cool. sounds romantic man yeah let's do it let's you know do what? it let's do it yeah, like, yeah. We, do we, we gotta get to hold hands the whole way down yes that's what makes it hot 
I'm I'm sold. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Um, and you have to play like the first cut is the deepest. Like, <laughs> wait, yeah. the Sheryl Crow <laughs> version? Yes. All right. You got to have the right song for the scene. Yep. Now what? Wait, now. An, go ahead. Another Boston. version? Uh, I think that's a cover, isn't it? The first cut is the deepest. Let's look I it don't up. Know. Oh, and if we're making corrections, I need to make one because my brother's been yelling at me for like five episodes. Oh, I, yeah, I forgot about that. I <clears throat> thank you for saying that, Boston, because I told William that you did, and I think he thought I lied. Um, Cheech Marin was not owned Texas Walker Ranger. Julie <laughs> <laughs> really guest starting it at some point. Come on. Cheech Marin was on Nash Bridges. To oh, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Action shows with white people all look alike to me. Got it. I, but I guess yeah. like Nash Bridges was like a more like fancy walker well, he was kind of like a private eye and he didn't he didn't roundhouse kick pe- people and he didn't like stare a bear down with his uh, native american spirit and make it walk away yeah that you know what that's true and um just because i want to be fair i want to google because i forgot the the guy's name that was actually on texas walker ranger i want to be fair to this guy um the cast here um his name was clarence gilliard so Clarence Gilliard, if you're still out there, I hope you are. We're, we apologize. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he is still alive. Thank God. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. I don't think um, he's done anything else. I don't know about it. I just was telling Corey how we don't make mistakes on this podcast. I. Yeah. You know what though? Just like I told you earlier with the smoke detector story, sooner or later I tell the truth. <laughs> right. I have to get there. I'm like, if you look at that picture of Family Circus where Billy's like going all over the map. That's me getting to where I tell you the truth. Right. Sooner Eventually or later, it comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know what? I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong. There you go. And this is the first time. It'll never happen again. But I'm honestly surprised it'll happen this time. I am, too. I was shocked. I almost committed ritual suicide, but I couldn't find anybody that would chop my head off. You know what? Drake's list, but make sure, yeah. make sure you say no kinky stuff. Because oh, as yeah. we saw yeah. that Saturday Night Live skit about the headless horseman, Yep. You, Really want to make sure that people understand that your head is is not for anything else. Yeah, you know right. what, dude? This is on me. I I sorry if I led you on, but I'm just here to have you chop my head off. Please don't do anything with my taint, especially after my head is off. <laughs> See, now I just now I just had that scene from the boys in my head. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great. <laughs> the, oh, the damn regenerate- it. The regenerating guy. Oh Jesus, yeah. Um, Scott, you're in for a treat when you start watching the boys. Oh boy, it's... I gotta start that soon. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. I... Oh Jesus. You, you think you've seen it all on that show, and then they just pull some. It's it's best because they they it's usually something completely out of left field that you're not even yeah like expecting. Like if uh, well, I'm not going to spoil, but you remember the episode where they go to that uh, facility where they're keeping a lot of different people with powers, and that one guy's power whom. You just did not expect that that was what he was going to do with his enhancement. And <laughs> it just takes you a while to realize that's what's happening. And, and it's like no coming back from that. Yeah, I just wonder when that director, when that actor was filming that screen, if he's like, this. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably his actual reaction. Like, they didn't, they just told him in the next scene, like, oh, by the way, you know, the. You'll, the other actor is going to tell you what it was that was was touching you, and he's like, "Oh, okay." And the guy's like, "Hey, was that?" And, and then the, the reaction's just completely really. It's like a Kubrick, you know, where yeah. they where they, uh, <laughs> they actually scare you, or you know, uh, was it uh, Ridley Goonies. Scott with Alien, where like yep. didn't tell him about the chest burster because he wanted them to actually scream. And yeah, yep. like uh, um, Carrie, I can't remember her last name. That was um, that was the other female character. Like she just loses her loses her stuff oh yeah 
<laughs> it's like um that scene in um Goonies where they first see the pirate ship. That was the kid's first reaction. Oh yeah, that's that's why it was so genuine looking. Yep. Yeah, they had no idea. And in Jurassic Park, they had not seen a dinosaur until that really moment. And they were like, wait, we got real fucking dinosaurs here? <laughs> this, I thought this was going to be CGI. And they're like, no, motherfucker, I'm Steven Spielberg. I make shit. <laughs> yeah. I actually went and found these dinosaurs, dinosaurs myself. Yeah. The movie. <laughs> yeah. You watch can take one those... home with you once we're done with the principal shooting. Yeah, watch out for those raptors, though. Um, like, they actually are like total babies. Like They're just like dogs. You train them. But the stegosaurs, total jerks. They're basically the hippos of the dinosaur world. They will kill you <laughs> looking at them. <laughs> so um, so we were talking about um, a few weeks ago, Boston. What was the game that you were talking about, that um, MMO that had a really short life? Uh, oh, uh, Cruc- or, yeah, I think it was Crucible. Okay. Uh, there was, uh, yeah, uh, it was the, the Amazon, Amazon thing, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, that may be the biggest failure of the year, but I'm just looking um, on the story here on Game Zone. Um, I think it, at least maybe tied for it was the Marvel's Avengers game. Oh, it yeah. It looks like it says here it's resulted in a $60 million plus loss for Square oh. Enix. Dang. They like, did they subcontract out for that one? Or? I, I, well, no, they actually, and this is the thing that frustrates me, is the team that did it was the team uh-huh. that did the last uh, Tomb Raider trilogy. Really? That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, now, didn't but some people leave that team like when as they went into the third game? Yeah. So um, I know that uh, Rhiannon Pratchett wasn't with them anymore. Yeah. They said um, here, um, Square Enix has reported a loss of 6.5 billion yen, which is about 63 million dollars. <laughs> uh, Marvel's Avengers reportedly sold about 3 million copies, and the game cost 100 million to make. Marvel's Avengers supposedly makes up a good portion of that 60 dollar loss. Um, yeah, they said the volume were 60 percent of plan um, implies the game cost over 100 million to make, but only sold 3 million or so. Um, I think a lot of the problems with that game is the critics kind of destroyed it, and it was like one of those games that oh, probably yeah. was released way too early. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and it had that really disastrous mm. um, first opinion, like last year, the year before, where they showed it at E3, and people made fun of just how generic the models looked and everything. Um, but then people say, when well, you play it, the actual set piece levels are brilliant, but there's too many levels that are done more like Destiny 2, where you can mm-hmm. tell it's just a multi uh, multi uh, MMORPG part that they've stuck into the single player. Kill 50 mm. Lokis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they said too just the um the amount of stuff you had to do to unlock things and some of the stuff was like, oh, you had to have a T Mobile phone to unlock it. <laughs> it was just what? some yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah, had to have a was, Nokia from nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Get that Blackberry and you can unlock a new Spider Man. <laughs> um You would be buying a Blackberry, let's be honest, Shipley. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would. <laughs> um so they basically have already um slashed all the um cosmetic prices in the game. And they've uh, they're reevaluating their um, their plan when they push out. I think they also got some bad press too because the Spider-Man was only going to be um, exclusive to the Sony PlayStation. So I think that that kind of angered a lot of fans from like that we're going to play it on so, the Xbox. So who is Xbox going to get? Like, uh, <laughs> no, Halo? we're going to give you the Taskmaster. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I, I don't know too many obscure Marvel people, but I'm just trying to think of someone. Hmm? Well, that was even the thing is it, it wasn't like. Soul Calibur, where there was at least a balance. Yeah. Like, okay, Xbox gets Spawn. Yeah. PlayStation gets Kratos, and uh, Wii gets Zelda. Yeah. No, just, oh no! If you Sony gets PlayStation, if Sony gets Spider Man. The rest of you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And of course, like it didn't. I mean, it kind of bothered me a little bit because 
I'm I'm empathetic and I want everybody to be able to enjoy Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So that kind of that kind of hurt hurt me a little bit, but it was like one of those things too. Where I was like, you know what? I got a PlayStation, so I'm okay. So shouldn't uh, they have just used uh, uh, what was what was the alter ego he used in the second uh, the second oh, uh, Night Monkey? Movie? Night Monkey. Yeah, they should have just yeah. been like <laughs> they should have just been his character model, just all in black. Said uh, Night Monkey, A.K. Totally not Spider-Man. Don't sue a oh. Sony. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Um, and speaking of Spider-Man, though, uh, so today, um, I guess the uh, everybody is allowed that uh, that's played the PlayStation 4, I mean the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox, um, they can start talking about it freely. Uh, the reviews early of Miles Morales have been really good. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. they're, they're saying it's about, like, stories about eight or nine hours, but if you try to get everything in the city, it's about 16. They said the um, side missions are a lot better than the ones in, um, in Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah, which makes sense because a lot of those missions were you you kind of did the same thing way too much. The padding was ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I feel like that was a that was an issue with a, even the NeverSoft uh, Spider-Man, the one that was legendary back in the day. Yeah. Because like after a while, yeah, all of the all of the repeatable quests end up being the exact same. Yeah. Yep. I think that's the that. problem with open world games in general. Like that's why the formula is starting to stagnate a little bit. Is like at first it's really neat. But then you start noticing that pattern of, you know, oh, yeah, you need to go, uh, you know, kill this type of monster again. Yeah. It's in a slightly different spot. Yeah. Or, you know, solve this type of puzzle again. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's in the snow. It's it's a slightly different. Yeah. Slightly that was different. the the weakest part. I mean, some of the side missions were really good in, in Spider-Man, but there was too many of the same kind of missions which, that weren't Which, that again, fun. that's that's one of the weird – that's another weird thing, too, is – uh, like with Assassin's Creed, everyone always talked about how Assassin's Creed was super repetitive. Yeah. But like would still play WoW for several hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or uh, yeah. the one the one that I always think about, because I was a huge fan of Heroes of the Storm, which was a, a MOBA that was a Blizzard's MOBA as an answer mm-hmm. to League of Legends. And it just kind of lost a lot of its, uh, they lost a lot of its backing, but it's still going pretty strong from what I've seen. But one of the things I loved about Heroes of the Storm was the fact that there were multiple maps. Oh wow! Whereas yeah. League of Legends, you have one. The, pretty much have the one map unless you're doing something yeah. else. Weird. Which it befuddles me that that's actually a thing. Well, yeah. does it? No, because I had a friend that was really into League of Legends, and like their terminology, like they they literally a lot of the lingo for the game is just based on that map. Like you yeah. know, are you bottom laning or are you top laning? And it's like because they literally are so used to that map. That it literally that is the game is just moving around that map, so they they know where everything is, and so they so much but of their if, lingo is just like, are you you know, are you in the swamp? Are you in like they know exactly what they're talking yeah, about? Are you, they, are you at Baron? Are you going for? Are you at Baron? Are you going for uh, shields? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, what about football? No, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I I mean I get that. I get your point. Football but... has been the exact same map. Mm-hmm. for generations yeah. I now. guess for me, I, I, I picture when I think more, because I, I do think, I do believe in esports and all that, but I guess for me, it's just more like I'm used to games are like, oh, we're playing Call of Duty, this is the level we're playing, or Smash mm-hmm. Brothers, this is the level we're going to be mm-hmm. on. Uh, and to me, it's just crazy, the phenomenon of that game where all they really had to do was make one stage. Well, but also, again, that's that's sort of the that's sort of the, the beauty of it in one, mm-hmm. level, in one way. Because similar to like, if you notice, a lot of the Smash tournaments, yeah, uh, the high the high competitive Smash tournaments, they just there's only like three maps. Mm. There's only like, 
it's three yeah. yeah, it's like it better one of them better be the fucking Nintendo dog stage. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Well, they, they, yeah, no, they want the low gimmick levels because you know that's yeah. what you know in the Smash community they'll they'll it's almost a code for if you want to prove to me that you're that that you're better than me at Smash. You know, it's it's Final Destination, no items. Yeah, like that is. Like if someone says you me Final Destination no items like it's getting real it's a flat surface there's nothing between you but you you jumping and dodging so yeah have at it and, and they want to turn off uh, all the weapons a, yeah. and stuff all the extra pokeballs and all that stuff goes off yep, yep. exactly you have nothing yeah. but your but your skills but I think Boston made a, a good point about um the League of Legends and that while it was one map to its credit every character had a vastly different play style. Like it's the same map, but like you can, one character is good for rushing in and another, like you better be holding back and setting stuff up. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I, when I was watching uh, my friend play it, like it was, he would just keep switching characters. So he didn't get bored, but it's like, he would have to have a different strategy every single time he picked a different person. And that, you know, a lot of the times the teams would, would argue in their chats because they're like no 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 if i'm playing this character you have to be this character because we can't we can't you know both be yeah, we don't need tanks we we need yeah, only one tank we, we we don't want two can't have two solo you can't have two solo mids mm-hmm. yeah and defeats um, the point of being solo <laughs> one of the nice um one of the guys that's on that um message board word we do on facebook geeks are us uh kava uh kava i'm sorry i'm probably mispronouncing his name but he loves Leagues of Legend. He'll always share like when they do cinematic trailers for that game, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're really gorgeous. And the character design is kind of cool. I, I like. Uh, I was watching. I was watching uh, Loading Ready Runs Checkpoint the other day, and they're talking about the newest music video from KDA because, of course, in League of Legends, there's mm-hmm. like a canonical pop stars, K-pop um, star, even better. Yeah, K-pop, and the newest video from KDA how apparently the big consensus about it is people watch it with the intent of i want these people i want these ladies to hurt me <laughs> wait what wait so okay so hang on a second so the singer the pop singer is the character that's in leagues of legends too so well it's it's kate it's called kda for um kill death assault oh, shit uh no Ass. it oh damn it um, uh kill damage care no dynamic different? i don't remember it's it's it is a it's it's I'll I'll look it up here in a second, but it's a K-pop group, so okay. it's like I think it's up to five characters from the game, uh, female female characters, huh? And uh, they've got two music videos out that I'm aware of, and it's just that they're playing off the whole K-pop aspect, okay? But they're like these just badass the badass female characters getting up in your face, being like, yeah, what? And I assume it's popular. Uh, it's. Pretty popular. That would be so good. That'd be amazing. Like that stuff. There's like that actually a really big League of Legends like uh, music video community where they make music videos like of the characters, like just the fans. Because uh, yeah, my friend, Kill Death's uh, assist. Sorry, Kill Death's. Okay. But yeah, okay. it's just amazing that like they've been yeah that's been a part of that community for a while. Like they literally like make parody songs of characters. Like for instance, there's this one like cutesy character I think called uh, I'm not too familiar with the name, so I'm probably going butcher the name like Mebo or something mm-hmm. it's like a little and they they did that what does the fox say and they they said what does the Mebo say and they're like or playing team, his team in-game mo. dialogue uh timo timo yeah it's like yeah. what does the timo say and like they do the what does the fox say but they use like timo's dialogue in it well uh have you have either you uh, any guys heard of falcon shield Mm-mm. no is uh, that like Fal- insurance uh close falcon shield is a is one of those youtube 
uh, YouTube musicians that they it's a lot of video game stuff like mm-hmm. the Stupendium or JT Music or the other guy uh, Living Tombstone and stuff like that. Yeah, and they have a, and Falcon Shield has this whole series called This Is War, mm-hmm. where it's different faction. It's different. He gets a bunch of other uh, performers on the track. But it's different factions from League of Legends oh, wow. <laughs> rapping about how they're going to come fuck up your team. <laughs> That's so and you there's one. Cl- yeah, uh, there's one. Uh, this is yeah. This is War Five. This is Wardles, which is all the little people, like all the little people in the game. Um, huh. And it's yeah. And Timo's Timo's track is actually one of the most terrifying because <laughs> it starts off really like happy and cheery, yeah. and then it slowly is like, oh no, I'm gonna sneak up behind you and, and gut you in the woods. Like we're gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna gut you like a fish. Uh, that's hysterical. My friend Diallo is talking. I'm about to give out diss tracks that like on the plus side for Trump is he's gonna have Little Pump, Fifty, and Ice Cube on his diss track. So that's gonna be kind of exciting. <laughs> um, so I know it's like getting closer to where we're gonna have to start wrapping this up. So. I promised Corey that he was going to get to talk about something that is dear and true to his heart. So, Corey, we're going to let you filibuster. Oh, snap. But we already talked about the Japanese literature. You know what? Corey has two hearts. It's a segue. (laughs) Yeah. Corey has two hearts, okay? Got you. Got you. Okay. Just like Corey Hart. Because I do love Doctor Who. Yeah, we're not talking about Doctor Who. Doctor Who. I know. But, all right. Can we? We can do a whole Doctor whole Who is that. what, Ryan? Doctor Who is what? Garbage. Wow. That's oh, right. That hurts, that hurts my well, heart. it was good seeing you all tonight, Internet. Thank you all so very much. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, well, we just, I guess I got, this is the first podcast Ouch. I ever did. I got canceled on it. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> no, uh, I just, I think I've, I may just need to watch better episodes, but I just remember Doctor Who from the 80s. And oh, yeah, just how dude, what's the newer ones? Bad it oh, yeah. looked. And I just can't get past that. It's like old school Star Trek. Even some of the bad ones have some solid sci-fi writing. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. But it is a different type show because it is very serial. The older ones, especially, tended to be like four episodes to tell the story. (laughs) So, uh, but the newer ones don't do that. They tend to be settled. There's a lot of uh, I'll I'll before people like start bombarding your mess. I'm just going to tell you (laughs) one episode. Waters of Mars. Okay. Just watch that one. It's a standalone episode. It's David Tennant. Uh, it's amazing. That was actually what initially gave, because I was the same way. I thought, like, Doctor Who just seems so stupid. And then I watched that episode. I was like, oh, oh, I get it now. Okay. Like, it's silly, but then when it's, but when it slides into serious, it hits so much harder because yeah. you thought it was goofy and safe. And now you're in a place where, like, wait, no, no, wait. These, oh, God, these people are actually dying. Like, and, Horrible things are happening to them. I thought this was a funny, safe show, and it is not. Okay, I will definitely. I will try so that episode before the next episode of the podcast, and I yep. will say what I say. But just remember, Boston Corey, don't be too mad at me because remember, you guys never played the Spider-Man game, and I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I'm working wait, on. Wait, it, okay? never have played I'm any Spider-Man games. No, here's the funny thing. I I, I tell this because LJN <laughs> because I I don't care doing this like you know because I my life is open book. Um, you know, back in June, Scott, when things were really bad for me. Yes. Corey was basically trying to bribe me that if I did something good, he would play Spider-Man. That's that's how good of a friend Corey is. But like an idiot, I didn't, I waited till after that, that deal was off the table before I did the good thing I was supposed to do anyway. 
Man, what? That's on you, buddy. Uh, it is on me. And then Corey wouldn't. Corey was like, "No backsies." No, no. He's he's a man of his word. He's a man of his word. He no, is. That, that does actually segue into what he was going to let me talk about because that's kind of the reason why I don't have time for Spider-Man. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Sorry. So okay. Good segue. Go, go for it, Corey. So, this is so, you for yeah, the yeah. next like the next um five to ten minutes. Can you can you get it all in there? Yep. 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 Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Go okay. for it. Okay. I'm gonna put the microphone down for just a second. Just start talking. Okay, so if you love JRPGs, and one of your favorite things in JRPGs is like to go to a town, talk to people, and get you know get the goofy dialogue and, and see how it changes, but you always kind of wondered like, why does these people dialogue never change? Like they tell me, "Welcome to the town," and like I'm 50 hours in the game, like you, you should know who I am by now. Um, so there's this game series that started out in Japan. Uh, it's the series name is called Legend of Heroes, but you'll generally know the series by the titles. Uh, Trails in the Sky uh, and Trails of Cold Steel are the ones available in the U.S. Uh, this is a series of games that's now on game number nine, which is Trails of Cold Steel 4. These nine games are all set in the same world, and the whole timeline from game one to game nine has only passed about four or five years at this point in that game world. So you oh, start wow. out in country A... And you play through three games in Country A, then there's two games in Country B, and now the last four have been in Country C. And the events in Countries A and B are impacting what happens in Country C. So you get to know these characters, and they come back. And it's also a good balance to where when the characters from the older games come back, they don't take over the game. Like, they don't become your new protagonists. Again, like, you get established protagonists, and these new people become guest characters. And they keep letting you see like what's happened to them years later and going back to the towns every time something in the game world changes each town's kind of small maybe only have like 12 npcs but every single npc has unique dialogue every time something changes so if you're, huh. if you're going through it like you re- it really feels like a living world and uh, the combat is turn-based it uses a a system very similar to Final Fantasy X where generally your action determines when your next action will come up and you kind of can see icons uh, as to what will impact it. And your turn order does matter because uh, every couple of turns there'll be like a bonus icon like you can cast a spell for free or you'll do a guaranteed critical hit and your enemies can use those too so some of your strategy sometimes is making sure that you get that next icon not them so sometimes mm-hmm. you do an action just to make sure that happens but um you have a lot of character control the, the system they use for character enhancement is very similar to uh final fantasy 7's materia system so uh and, you know i know a lot of people love and, and miss the way that worked and it's yep. very similar almost like a refinement of it um especially in the older games the newer games they kind of streamlined it but in the old games like how you arranged the order you arranged them in actually would change what spells you had so if you if you didn't uh spec your character right like they wouldn't really have you know they just have garbage magic <laughs> and like the more mage um oriented characters generally just have one line so it was really easy to give them a bunch of spells but it was also really expensive to get them equipped with stuff because it cost more uh to to outfit film than it would other other players but yeah i just absolutely love this series it's gone on for nine games it's it's very um really builds on that the emphasis of being kind and doing stuff for others uh and while it does and pretty much even the one of the coolest things about the series is the bad guys uh there's a recurring group of villains known as the ouroboros society and the way they do things is very interesting and (laughs) 
there's a grandmaster who nine games in we still don't know who the the uh, the chief bad guy is because he's really more of just kind of like trying to enact these larger plans but he generally doesn't ever get involved but in order to once you join that society his big thing is that you have free will he doesn't command anyone in the society what to do he lets them do their own plans as long as it's part of his design but the uh the like the warriors for this society they can pretty much do whatever they want like if they don't agree with the plan they can even fight against it and it's not considered a betrayal like they they are they're still considered free agents and it's just interesting to see a group of villains do that like one villain might drive you crazy in like games two and three and then in like game seven they actually become your ally because they're like yeah i don't this guy's kind of a jerk and i don't want to work for and i don't like what he's doing either so you know i'm going to team up for you guys for a bit and so the person you used to fight all the time is now your ally for a bit and then later on they're like yeah no i decided to go back to the bad guys because <laughs> you're boring and kind of stuff <laughs> Awesome. happens and it's a uh, yeah i mean it's it's a very it's a very well done series a lot of anime tropes the store of course but um yeah. is it sorry go ahead. go ahead i was gonna say is it um it's nine games in a series and it seems like very uh intricate is it something where you come in midway through the story and be able to kind of figure everything out or is it something that you'll have to find it's, like the collections no, of the first ones if you start in the beginning of each of the three series you're generally okay like if you do okay. trails of scott one that's the very beginning if you do trails of cold steel which is the most easily available because it's on uh pc and and uh ps3 and ps4 and trails of code still three and i believe four will both be on the switch three's already out on the switch okay. which was odd that they didn't put one and two on yeah, the switch that is bizarre. but uh, but it does have like a backstory tab that like literally when you first start the game you can watch the backstory but honestly i would say play the first two games especially okay. since like all the ones that are available in the us are on pc and uh uh pretty cheap on like gog or, or steam but um but yeah it uh it does a, a good job of uh bring in like and what's good is that usually the the games are kind of paired the first game usually will seem a little slow and it just it's mainly just to kind of introduce you to that world and get you the characters established so that when you play the second game it literally moves at a breakneck pace because you don't need to do any of that so So it's it's like like, it's like a trilogy the first yeah part is set up and then yeah 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 and that's basically how they've been doing it. It's like the first game, is they're usually paired. When they do a third game, the third game is somewhat of a standalone. It's almost considered like a bonus chapter and tends to be more advanced. Like with Trails in the Sky, the, the main story is the first two games. The third game is really more of an epilogue that ties up a lot of loose ends and uh, actually centers around a different a character who was a minor character in the second game is the main character of the third. But everyone from those first two games comes back and okay. rejoined you including a few of the bad guys that you had had dealt with because uh, you wind up working together and that's also what's happened in the cold steel series the first game's a little slow but gets everything established and then just it's getting good you head into the second game where then everything's at much higher stakes and it all these places you visited and got to know people and now you're going back to them and now the people are are under like harder stuff like in the fourth game now a major war's breaking out and all these these people you got to know in these small towns they're all being conscripted to join the army so you're watching the shop owners actually disappear and like their kids are running the shops now because they're drafting everyone to get ready for this major invasion okay that sounds really interesting um it sounds like some of you would really want to get into but these games are very long too right like i mean if you start these games like they're they're decent size right so you'll you'll be playing them for a while yeah i would say like the the trails in the sky ones i'd say 
the first two play 40 50 hours each because yeah they're they take they look if you look at the number of places you'll think well this doesn't seem like a particularly big game but then when you play it you realize like oh like it's it's dense like the areas may not be huge but there's a lot going on yeah. and um you generally don't have to grind much that's good. unless you're just after something specific uh, generally as long as you don't like just rush straight to bosses you'll be fine but uh one thing i, I definitely want to caution everyone is this is a this is a game series by falcom who also makes the yeez games you know like uh yeez one and two and of course recently uh uh yeez, yeez uh eight and uh memories of Celseta and uh lacrimosa of donna which is uh really good that's that's on the switch but um there's a thing within the JRPG community called Falcom Hard. Okay. And uh, if you set the game on the Nightmare difficulty, they mean that. Like, it will be about the hardest JRPG you can play, and you huh. will you will be praying to RN Jesus at, at pretty huh. much every battle, uh-huh. because one critical hit at the wrong time, and you're like, oh, well, my party wiped, and, uh, okay. So it basically becomes like a Dark Souls. It becomes a Dark Souls turn-based game, pretty much. Yeah. No, no, it's that's not. Yeah, it's not even a joke. Like, and what's what's good about, it, especially in the Cold Steel, when it gets super difficult, is it's not even about grinding that one. It's about character spec. Um, one of the things I love about the series, like you do have like you know the tank attacker, but my my favorite build that you can do, and it's a very unique one, is what's called the evasion tank. And your evasion tank is the way the the battle mechanics works. Is that if you dodge a physical attack, you get an automatic counterattack. And uh, if you critical on the counterattack, then the person you're linked with in the battle party will also get an attack. So you can build a character to where they have a super high physical evasion, and literally you rush this low HP character right into like just the the middle of all these giant monsters and they're just dodging every hit and you're just getting attack after attack after attack. And, uh, it's just that that's the kind of build you can do in this game and just have a lot of fun with, like you can play it pretty vanilla or you can really specialize your characters to play these roles. For instance, if you have that evasion tank and you pair them with someone who's like, has like no defense, no HP, they're just literally pure attack. Since they're joining in on every attack, they can just stay back and do nothing and literally just, just jump in to do that and just use an item on their actual turn like you just leave them out of harm's way and just let them let them kind of be the closer for for taking monsters out and like that's the kind of stuff you can do that's just really fun and uh especially as you get in further than the cold steel series and you level up the you know the basically the materia thing that that you use to set in your characters like they get slowly get more and more abilities and the abilities slowly trigger more and more so it becomes you start being able to do these really advanced strategies that just make it so much fun like you're you've got you're fighting something 20 levels above you and you're just mopping the floor with it because huh. you, you're hitting one particular weakness and like the Shin Megami Tensei series uh this is a series where status effects actually work even okay. on bosses so having a you being knowing to use the right status effects uh, work like like you can generally even put bosses to sleep it's a very low percentage but if you got an attack that does it passively every time anyways eventually next thing you know you get a free round because you actually knocked them out <laughs> okay so i always like when they call it sleep in the games because in my mind it would be crit- it would be hysterical to be fighting somebody and then you just all of a go you know what i gotta i gotta take a nap <laughs> i got my pillow i'm just gonna lay here and you know keep bashing me if you want to um <laughs> 
but no, those sound fascinating. We can like if you want to send the the names of those, we can put those in the show notes too. Absolutely. Yeah. And now I'm gonna filibuster about the Madden series. So yeah. Madden ninety five is probably the best Madden. That's the one where they first introduced what I like to call a tackle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um but no, um you know, I just thought about something, Scott. We didn't get to your injury story. Did you want to share his oh. injury story? Uh, well, yes, I could. Mine does uh, involve a hospital visit, though. So, but oh. it's sad, but it has a happy ending, I guess, because okay. I made it through it. So, okay. so yeah, okay. I guess uh, my uh, biggest injury was when I almost died in a car wreck. Uh, so, oh, spoiler alert: I'm I'm alive. <laughs> this was well, that would uh, be awesome if it turned out you've been a ghost. I know, right? I hate <laughs> this, this is time. like. Most ghosts would be haunting a house like Scott's making, showing up at parties podcast, man. and making, making podcasts yeah. and Facebook posts. When I died, I knew yeah. I had unfinished business. So I was like, damn it, I have a podcast. Last episode probably made you super nervous when we were talking about ghosts. <laughs> your unfinished business is a, your unfinished business is a mortgage, apparently. <laughs> right, it's like, oh, they're going to find out my secret. I know they're going to know they're going to find out. That's amazing. Yeah, so my biggest injury happened when I was about, oh, I think I was 20? Okay. Really close to being 21. Uh, this was back in the day when I had a, I was a, you know, hanging out with the wrong crowd, you know, whole, whole nine yards. Uh, so some of the people I hung out with, it wasn't anything for us to be driving around, drinking, you know, just partying, whole nine, th- the whole nine yards. So I was at my house, uh, getting ready to go to the beach uh, the very next day for the whole week. Nice. Fast forward that whole next week, I was in the hospital instead. Uh, so uh, this friend of mine uh, stopped by the house. Uh, and he wanted to know if I, I wanted to go take a ride uh, with him. And I knew he'd been drinking, but, you know, I didn't really, didn't, I didn't phase me at that point because I was young and stupid. So I was like, yeah, sure, that, that's fine. Uh, so I hopped in the car. This part of the story is kind of crucial uh, to the ending. So I hop into the car. I grab my seatbelt uh, to put it on. And, you know, I get, I get the seatbelt about halfway over. Uh, and then for some reason I was like, ah, I don't want to put it on. I'm not going to, uh, that comes into play later. So, uh, he pulls out of my driveway and guns the car. Uh, and like, like the, where, where we wrecked was maybe 20 seconds from my house. Oh God. So like, I mean, he guns the car. Uh, so, and speaking to what you said earlier about you know, things happening in slow motion, it definitely did. So I could tell how fast he was going. And I knew this curve very well because it was my road. And I remember like looking over to him, trying to, wanting to say something about slow down but it's like i couldn't yeah. um and then you know i i, I he, he took he obviously took the, took the road too fast he went off the side of the road and everything everything was happening in slow motion it's almost like it was surreal and i couldn't really understand what was going on so he slammed into a telephone pole on my side of the car of course mm-hmm. the um i uh, i don't remember hardly any i remember like just blacking in and out of consciousness not, not knowing what world i was in yeah. So the telephone pole with the impact of the car, uh, it kind of like it, it mashed the car all the way in on my side. It kind of pushed me over towards his side of the car. Um, and you know, later on at the, at the hospital, they told me if I had had my seatbelt on, uh, I would have instantaneously been crushed to death. Okay. Uh, yeah, because they, I, it, it, I didn't have any way to, to move. Like the seatbelt would have kept me in place. Yeah. And the impact was so so bad, it would have just smashed me into, into pieces. Like I would have been yeah. done. So otherwise, um, uh, kids don't wear seatbelts. Right. Exactly. Another moral of the story. Another, another podcast uh, story. <laughs> don't, don't wear seatbelts. Yeah. But and don't smoke so cigarettes weird, like, unless you want to look cool. 
Right, um, exactly. Only if you want to look cool. That's important. Yeah. Looking cool is important, kids, yeah. just so you know. So, but yeah, so not wearing a seatbelt saved your life. Exactly. Not wearing a seatbelt saved my life, which is not, you know, yeah, yeah, the norm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what's so weird is, like, I don't know why I stopped. I, like, I literally had, was pulling my seatbelt uh, around me, and at the last second, I was just let go. I was like, I don't want to. That's yeah. the only single single reason why I'm alive today is because I, did, I didn't. I stopped that motion. Damn. And then, so where the, where the wreck happened uh, was right by, there was an apartment complex near my house. And, uh, you know, we hit a telephone pole on their apartment complex. So it was really loud and, uh, and everybody came outside to see what was going on. And uh, they, they, they said later, or they told the cops or whoever, because I don't, I don't, I didn't know what world I was in. Uh, they said they saw me pulling myself out of the car and I was trying to grab the active electrical wires. Uh, that was hanging from that telephone pole. Like it was, and they, they, I think they said that you could see sparks coming out. It was still active. And I was trying to grab it to pull myself out. Somehow I missed it and got myself out. I remember like waking up, you know, and I, I my family was there, like my, my brother, my mom uh, was there. And I, I did not know what had happened. Uh, cause I remember like, well, where am I at? What's going on? You know, didn't know what world I was in. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, they, um, got me into the, I, I remember getting into the, uh, the, um, uh, ambulance and you know, going to the hospital and I, I just I just remember bits and pieces of it and then when I got to the hospital I remember being so before I say this so what my injuries were this uh, I broke nine ribs one of my ribs punctured my lung my lung had collapsed I split my liver uh, almost entirely in half uh, lacerated I guess um, so I broke my lower back I messed my spleen up uh, concussions, whole, whole nine yards. And the only thing I remember worried about, uh, I was, I was laying on this board, uh, in the hospital. I remember it was like hitting my back, my butt bone, uh, and how unbearably uncomfortable it was. Yeah. And I kept yelling out, take me off this board, get me off this board. <laughs> that's all I got. That's all I got to remember. <laughs> and, and I still remember to this day, uh, them lifting me off of the board, uh, and putting me onto the bed and how much of a relief it felt. It was like, I've never felt anything more relieful in my life yeah. than that moment. Uh, and then the, the, so three reasons why I should have died uh, was the seatbelt thing, the, the electricity thing. And they told me my liver, uh, was cut so badly that I had a 50, 50 shot of living. Uh, oh but God. because it was, it's, it's a, you know, a, the most regenerative organ that we have, yeah. uh, I was able to re- recuperate. Uh, so, that that is my story. Damn, damn. All yeah. our stories suck compared to that. I'm glad you went. I'm so glad you went. Last. I just had red burn. Like, he's like, <laughs> yeah. like, like Scott's like, oh no, I died three different ways. Uh, yeah, and uh, they basically yeah. had to like, you know, a gorilla glue my liver back together. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And, and, uh, on, on another thing too, you know, on top of all that, like, so back then, you know, I was, uh, you know, just a different person. Like, I had a really bad anger problem i was just an asshole you know i'm surprised i didn't like get, get my ass kicked or wind up in prison or, or whatever uh so ever since then i you know got like a I, I got rid of all my friends at the time i had a whole different friend group you know it kind of changed my whole personality uh you know it's almost like i had a new perspective on life so like mm-hmm. the car wreck even though it was terribly awful and, and i still have effects to it to this day it kind of changed who i am as a person now yeah. You know, it's like if I if I was to go back in time and like meet myself, then I would probably kick my own ass yeah, because you know. I just wasn't. I don't like who I was then. So, and in a way, it was probably a good thing that it happened um, because yeah. who knows where I would have been, where because it changed the course of my life. Yeah. So there's no telling where I would have ended up if that hadn't happened. You know, I I don't want to brag or anything, but once I hit that rock, I was like, you know what, I'm a different person. <laughs> that was 
you know, four days ago, and I, I believe yeah. it. You, I, you I, seem I've like changed. a even your your tonight on the podcast. You're just like a different a different you. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes your life flashes before your eyes, and you gotta be like, you know what? That was super cool, but I gotta yeah. I gotta change some stuff. You gotta change some stuff. No longer will you throw out a uh, smoke detector. I don't believe. Yeah, Look but now that. you're more smoke detector than man. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. true. Yes, yes, um, you are. I mean, I let Boston pick the song tonight. I mean, what? I'm a changed man. But I guess uh, we should. I'll go ahead, Boston. Well, no, it was me. I was going okay. to ask you one question. If you are a changed man, yeah. So that means you are going to binge uh, TV shows with your roommate. No, I still won't do that. <laughs> Speaking of binging never. TV shows, you have better watch. You and your the Wallers better get started on Supernatural. Oh, I know we've got to because that finale is in two weeks. Yeah, we've got to do it. I just got to make yeah. a day and just make it happen. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's so gonna I, happen. Don't worry. I didn't mean to yell at you, Scott. It's okay. Um, so, so I almost died, Ryan, and you're yeah. gonna do that to me now. This is like our most action-packed. His liver ever. just came apart. Yeah. 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 My liver <laughs> came in almost in two, Ryan. Yeah, it's Scotch tape, Ryan. You, you, I can show you. Your... I can show you my arms, and I still have scars on it, Ryan. Yeah, that's too soon. I. It sounds that way to me, and you know what? I apologize. <laughs> right. They used a okay. Thundercats Band-Aid on it. That's they how. Did. They that's did. how long ago it I was. I even had a, a a tube in my side going into my lung to make because it was it was uh, uh, collapsed. Not to mention a catheter tube, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> I don't want to hear that part. <laughs> no, that was not pleasant. Let's put it that I way. heard like back in the day, I think they've changed it now, but back in the day when you would get like, um, like a CVS, like an STD, they'd had to put like a Q-tip in your penis hole. Yeah. Mm. And no, I would just it say, does you know not what? sound right. I don't, I, mean, I don't yeah. need to know this. I, I'm okay. I might, I, I might just keep my STD. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like just take blood at this point. Like, no, you yeah. Can, yeah. Take blood. Now, Boston, okay. Stick me. Said, Boston said, oh, like, oh yeah, of course. Did you ever have to do that? Uh, oh no, no, they. Okay. They were able to do blood tests for me. I would. Yeah, I don't. Them. I've ever had that. I've had STD yeah. checks before, but I don't know that I've had that done. Maybe Problem was, they waited until after I'd already, you know, got back from vacation to tell me that I was clean. Oh, so you couldn't party on the whole vacation? No. Oh. Well, you know he what? Turned you down a mermaid. Room. Yeah, he like, turned dang. it down. Dang. That one shot yeah. with a mermaid, and they ruined it you for have, you. You have one shot, one opportunity. Yeah. Um, so I guess because I don't want Boston to have to be forced to edit like much longer, um, we'll start wrapping this thing up here, just like Boston should have done, and then he well, thought I, I had to worry about the STD. Um, I think. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> look, burn. Sometimes it probably did burn. burn. <laughs> Wait well, a minute, Ryan. You're supposed to be a changed man. You know what? I'm I'm a changed man, but in like not in all good ways. <laughs> yeah, you you did for the children, Scott. You can't turn you, you can't turn uh, down a, a good joke. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> or oh, turn right. away a good joke. I what were say. you saying, Boston? Uh, I was just gonna say I'm I'm probably gonna try and uh, not be as meticulous with this episode, just because I think I've been realizing that I've been a little over overzealous with the editing. Okay. Maybe I could. The best part is you say from. that every episode. I say that every episode, <laughs> and I still one day it'll happen, Boston. Like, yeah. Um, so this is the part of the show where we dance like sprockets. Nice. We yeah. dance. Touch my monkey. Love my monkey. Um, <laughs> no, we're going to talk about stuff that we could recommend. Um, let's just go around the room. Uh, I'll start it off this week. Um, I'm going to recommend the animated show Harley Quinn. Um, oh, yes. It's on, um, it's on HBO Max. Um, I don't really watch a lot of the animated DC stuff, but this is amazing. It's uh, super filthy. Um, it has some of the best comedians working today, like Ron Funches. Um, super quality show. So freaking good. It's like it's a basically an adult Harley Quinn uh, 
Quinn show, very meta, uh, tons of references uh, that it's just really brilliant. Yeah, and they make right. B-listers like major characters in it. It's, yep, it, it's basically the archer of comic book shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good description. I'm going to steal it. So Boston, cut out where he said that and edit me going, <laughs> it's the archer of comic book shows. Um, all right, well, Corey, sure. well, actually, you go last because you're the guest. Scott, okay. do you have anything to recommend? Yeah, I would say uh, if, if you haven't tried Game Pass, uh, right now is a good time to do like a trial things. They've added some really cool like old school things, uh, you know, like oh a God, so many things. Yeah, I, sorry, no kidding, right? Like they got uh, Grim Fandango. Oh wow! Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, Day of the Tentacle. There's so many cool things they've added recently. Okay. So right and, now is a good time to try out uh, Game Pass if you haven't already. And it's not that expensive, right? No, no, it's not. Uh, it's well, you can do Game Pass, or you can do the whole bundle where it's um oh, it's their Ultimate Pass where you get the Xbox Gold and Game Pass all together in a bundle. I think that's fifteen a month or something. Okay. So I mean, it's not that bad. That's not. And bad they have at some all. really good quality games. You know, all all of all of Xbox's original titles are on Game Pass, and they keep adding mm-hmm. some good stuff too. Other than that, as well. Nice. Sorry. Right. So Game Pass. That's my recommendation. Also, all right. Well, I guess since I already tried to jump in there. Uh, also, on one of the things on Game Pass right now, too, is uh, Iconfell, which is a real fun throwback to uh, old school RPGs and such. Oh, so I'm looking at that right now. Iconfell. I didn't, I didn't know what that one yeah. was. What's it, some... what's it about? Uh, it's so far, what it looks seen, like. so far, what it seems is the story itself is you're trying to... Your sister went to Iconfell, which is effectively Hogwarts. Okay. Your sister went to Iconfell. Something has happened. She didn't. She didn't come home for the summer like normal. Okay. So you're going to go find her, and the spirits that guard the area are like, mm, I don't know. You're 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 normal. Don't come here. Just go away. And then in getting your ass kicked by the spirits that are trying to keep you away from the magical forest, you develop fire powers, and you're now a fire mage. And they're like, that's that's weird. <laughs> and so then you get to start playing around with magic. Um. It, 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 is it I like based? it because it's not it's turn based, but it's 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 very reminiscent of Final Fantasy VIII. Okay. And how uh, if you remember the gunblade, you could mm-hmm. you could fire it at just the right moment to deal more damage. Uh, it's big on timing with your attacks, so that like you you time your attack uh, time the button presses right, you can deal more damage or deflect more damage uh, in combat. And what's it called? Iconfell. How's uh, this? Okay, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I K E N F E L L. Yeah, and it's got some serious Earthbound vibes. Oh yeah, cool. nice. I think I've seen someone share uh, on my Facebook feed sharing like screenshots, and apparently it has some pretty funny writing in it. How far you got into it, Bob? Uh, I didn't. I didn't actually get that far before we had to record. Okay. But uh, I've been watching uh, one of my. I've, I've been watching some uh, loading, ready, run, and some other places who've been doing let's plays of. And, and entertaining to watch them flow. No, okay. I want to. And it looks like deep. it's on every system, right? It's basically on everything. Looks like it. Yeah. And it's got. You said it's turn-based, so it plays like like Final Fantasy VII, eight. Uh, closer to like, yeah, uh, c- more like uh, ad- tactics, because okay. you do have to worry about positioning. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah, and it does. Like Corey's right. Check it out. It's got an Earthbound. That's one of those franchises that I hate that it will not do anything with. Oh my gosh! No kidding. Yes. Mother 3 made, uh, and I fully admit this, and I'm, I'm not ashamed because I just I want people to understand what a good game it was. Mother 3, uh, you know, Earthbound 2 basically, made me cry like a baby. Like, it, <laughs> oh, wow. it is that well written that when certain em- emotional notes in it, like, it hits 
hard because again it, it seems so innocent and goofy but it's it, it still has a lot of earthbounds like goofiness but it's a much darker game okay. <laughs> and uh, uh it's a shame that mother three never got really there is like a game boy advanced like um translation patch out there but you know but uh it's uh what's funny a real quick thing about mother three is that they did an American group fan group made a player's guide for, for it in the style of the player's guide that came with the, uh, you know, the earthbound pack in for super Nintendo. Like mm-hmm. they even did the little like clay figures for the enemies and everything. And you can, you can, uh, you can buy it online. I think the only mother three I ever heard of was mother 93 by Dan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Which you cannot find. Well, actually you can find that online, but it does not come with any clay figures. Um, but Boston, let us know how that game goes. Like you play a little bit more of it. Yeah, yeah. That sounds really. Are you playing it on the Switch? Oh no, you're playing it with the Game Pass, right? Yeah, Game Pass. Okay, that's crazy because that's a new game too, right? Oh uh, yeah, uh, that's what. I, that was one of the big reasons why I was trying to to steal her password. <laughs> is getting. Uh, there's a few. There's a bunch of new ones that have come in, especially for the PC version. Uh, such as uh, a game that I was in the beta for, West of Dead, is now live. Okay. On Game Pass, and uh, if you ever just want to. If you ever want Ron Perlman talking you through a roguelite, West Dead, baby. West Dead. Huh. Um, also, uh, Nights and Bikes is on there. Oh, such a good just, game. Oh, so adorable. Such a good game. Uh, and Void Bastard is apparently a lot. Oh, and uh, Darkstalkers 3 is about to disappear, so I've been, I was installing that to get oh, it before it goes away. Darkstalkers. <laughs> yeah, that's Poor like uh, Comcast's like, uh, just like red-headed stepchild. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, I do wish more. Yeah, uh, the art style is brilliant in the in the Dark Stalker series. Who who was that artist that did that and the art for that and some of the Street Fighter games? Uh, Dark Dark Siders. Oh, sorry, my bad. I oh, <laughs> so yeah. said Dark Stalkers. <laughs> no, no, Dark Siders is great too. I love the I, first I mean, two. I never played the third one because I heard it had, it was more Death's Dark Souls. So, uh, that's that's what I've heard. Uh, so I'm 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 looking. I wanna I wanna see how bad it is. <laughs> yeah. But Darksiders 1 and 2 is the best, like, probably Zelda clones out there. Why'd you say, who said, hmm? You know what? You guys get that on me. Trash your precious. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. And stuff comes back. It's, it's hard, man. When I don't like learning lessons. That, it's, it's hard when you're the only one that doesn't have taste. Wow. Maybe yeah. I don't have taste now because I've Maybe rusted my head. Maybe now that you're aware of fire alarm, <laughs> you'll, you'll do better. I'm going to try. Uh, but, uh, Corey, do you have anything you want to recommend before we um, wrap this up? Sure, because it's, uh, you know, spooky season just ended, but I'm all about the spooks. So Same. Two, two really quick ones. Uh, one, uh, it's a Netflix movie that I really think should get some more love. Uh, Aurora. It's, uh, it was made in the Philippines. Um, they didn't have much of a budget and some of the CGI in a few places is kind of meh, but the practical effects are really good. But what sells it is its setting. Basically you have this woman and her, uh, sibling, young sibling that, uh, they're operating like a seaside inn. And what has just happened as the movie opens is that a large kind of like tanker ship has wrecked on the beach outside their inn and it's like smashed against the rocks and they found out that they were and when the coast guard went to investigate they found out that there was like a lot of um immigrants that were hiding on the boat and so like pretty much everyone on the boat died and uh, they're like going out during the day like trying to find more bodies so this woman's just like trying to just live her life on this beach knowing at some point that you know dozens of bodies are going to watch up 
and they're even like telling her like you know you can leave and but she's like no if i leave like my i have to close my hotel down like and it might get you know like robbed or something and that would that's all me and my my sibling have and it's just so well done when supernatural things start happening it's a that kind of isolated setting in the middle of nowhere and this kind of like just lonely dark beach just works out so well i mean they found just a beautiful spot to do it in so i highly recommend it is on netflix and like it's called aurora uh and then the other thing is just a youtube channel i've recently discovered during spooky times uh bedtime stories um they do a variety of stuff like true crime cryptids just various mysteries but uh what's really cool about it is that they do it all through like black and white paintings and some of the paintings are very disturbing and it just goes so well with the the slow monotonous tone as they talk through these things and they have these like you know these paintings fading in and out of uh of the the monsters or whatever that sounds awesome yeah 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 youtube uh bedtime stories and uh uh they like I said they range from supernatural to not so supernatural, and I do like that the guy doing them tends to be very sensitive to the victims. If if death was involved, like you know they say like we hope the family gets answers. You know we don't mm. want to glorify this. You know like what happened was a tragedy. And, like we they do discuss supernatural theories, but they say you know at the end of the day, what's really important is that you know the family gets closure. Okay. So it's right. very respectful. It doesn't as I've told like Ryan before some of some true crime things rub against me long because I feel like if they over glorify like the killer or anything then it's like kind of like forget that the victim was even a human being it just feels a little yeah yeah, yeah. like oh yeah serial killers are so awesome like yeah this Exploitive. person didn't do anything like you know none of those people ted bundy killed deserved it by yeah. <laughs> imagination like you know well, kind of i mean they look fascinating he is but like you know these people had lives and he just ended them because he's a terrible human being yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So, um, and these are, it's not, this isn't like a Fargo bit where it's like, this is based on actually not. These are actually based on true stories. Yeah, they're, they're generally, now some of them are very speculative and they admit that because especially the ones about cryptids, they, they will flat say like, these are anecdotal stories. Okay. Like you know, we got them from, you know, these may come from Reddit. Uh, but you know, there's usually, there is a name attached to them of a, an actual person, but they, but they always caution that. You know, even like the one where they're talking about Wendigos, they they show like some supposed photos, and the guy flat out says like, "Here's why we think this is fake." Like he isn't like, you can see it's a Wendigo. Oh my god! He's like, no, it's like, you know, there's certain ways this seems like it was staged, and you know, like he's just totally honest about it. Like he's it, it's kind of that good open mindedness. Like you're not saying none of these things can happen, but at the same time, you're not rushing to confirm that bias of like oh see yeah here's total proof like no like yeah this really isn't the best proof if it's proof but we need something better than this to actually conclude this is something supernatural and uh like i said that's why i like it is because it is kind of respectful in that way of like it's being open that maybe there's a supernatural explanation but let's not forget that there are rational ones and here they are (laughs) okay no that sounds awesome um but you know what we're gonna wrap this up now just like Boston should have done. Rap, 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 rap <laughs> you stole my joke. I'm sorry. I had to. <laughs> Is this what happened? The old Scott wouldn't before the the car wreck. The old Scott would would have would have uh, would have not j- only stolen the joke, but would have yeah. like probably I don't Killed know beat me. you up for it. Too <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's really weird to beat somebody up for a joke. <laughs> no. You start hearing this like. 
Yeah, I'd be like the the scene in in, uh, in Waterboy where the uh, the yeah. coach comes and steals his, his playbook. Huh. You'd be like uh, Suge Knight when he uh, held Vanilla Ice over the balcony. Yes, said, sign yes. over, sign this joke over to me right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. All right, well, um, Corey, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, man. I would love to do it again sometime if schedules align. Oh, for sure. Oh, and uh, before we go, plug uh, the the coffee place. Oh, yeah. If you are in the Knoxville area or outside of it and you want awesome coffee del- delivered to your door, uh, definitely look into Pedal Java. It's owned by the Mizrowskis. Uh, they've been showing up to, they used to show up to a lot of conventions and would just serve people awesome coffee all day long, cheaper than Starbucks and better. Uh, but of course, with the current environment there's not a lot of conventions so uh they've kind of shifted to an online model where they they've been selling their fresh ground beans and uh it's just the best coffee you can buy locally if you want to make it yourself um so i heavily recommend it. they have a large variety of, of blends and uh definitely check them out uh, online yeah awesome. um uh it turns out there's a you know we learned last week there's a few other podcasts out there other than just ours i was shocked uh, yeah, awesome. by the way same it's weird um yeah. chris bell uh a friend <laughs> of the podcast um does a lot of stuff with pedal okay yeah yeah mm-hmm. so um and he recommends them and if chris bell recommends them then you know they're good i don't know mm-hmm. if that's really a slogan but... I, pedal I mean i go through two bags by myself a month that's how good the coffee is. Yeah, and they had those cool. I don't know if they do them, but I remember back in the summer you got that pandemic package or whatever they called it, and I thought that was pretty. That came didn't, with the what, Scott? Didn't they used to come to our uh, our uh, our work? Yep, they came to our office. Their their um, logo, I think at the time, kind of looked like um, Clockwork Orange, right? The guy I with can't the hat. Remember. I can't remember honestly. I, I, I just remember the name, and I remember actually I actually got coffee with them once, or or some kind of a. So kind I of a drink, a, but it was good. I got a hot chocolate from them once. Yeah, it might, it might have been hot chocolate, but I got something from yeah. them. Yeah, no, it's super good. Um, but yeah, all right. So um, I don't know how to end these things. I'm like Columbo. I kind of leave that come back. Oh, Boston in. does the best ending. You'll let Boston do it. Yeah, yeah. Boston's good at ending stuff. Well, it was a wonderful time having fun with you tonight, Internet. Uh, we thank you so very much. One more time, we thank you, uh, Corey Dyke, for coming out and spending some time with us. Corey, and until the next episode, uh, you all keep on gaming. Good night. Just chill. The next, the next episode. episode. Oh God! But only there's, there's, the, there's a copyright strike. What? It's, yeah, or check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs>